welcome to another episode of Tactical Crouch 202. And we got another guest. It's another guest edition. Even though I know we just did have 200 not that long ago, a couple weeks ago, we had put like six guests on, something like that. And you know what? We, we liked it so much. We're going to do another guest episode. Um, Jessica's not here this week. So we brought on the one and only, the best Halo pro there is, Dustin Bauman. God damn it. God damn it, Avril. Why would you introduce me like that, dude? You fucking asshole. What's going on? Thank you for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Sorry, sorry I ditched out on that six man, by the way. I just uh, was too, too busy jerking off or something. Hey, that's true. That's good. true. It happens. It actually yeah, worked no, out. It actually worked out. because <laughs> uh, Honestly, we, we had some like eight guests planned, but even with only six, mm. Joe, we had like three. How long was it? Three and a half? It was above three, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, it was three and change. I I kind of assumed I was like, this is this is going too swimmingly. You know, <laughs> yeah. So things are things if, are bonda Justin, to rock in the motion. So. If everyone showed up, it would have been like a four hour episode. So in yeah. a way, like, jeez, a couple people missing out it actually works out. We got you back on anyway. We got you on here anyway. Yeah. You know, we got yeah. you queued up. So welcome. All right, we're gonna get kicked off, guys. This is episode two hundred and two. Brought to you, as always, by our lovely patrons. Battle Crab, Refined Bean, Bronze Bob, Boo, Char 8, Prophet Picasso, Chris R34444, Frodino, Hunter Tane, Pork Chop, Salmon, Cash 67, Lolshin, Rick Zane, Volamelon, Sugar High, Volamel Smooth Nuts, and Your Misery. So, um, here is what's going to happen on this show, guys. So, if you are tuning in right now and you're wondering, oh my god, finally we're going to get some more roster updates, and we're going to talk about the new rosters again. Probably not so much this episode. Again, my bad. Um, mostly because there hasn't been that many changes. Again, like, okay, well, I'll put it out there. Yeah, okay. Today, Vancouver Titans announced their roster, but it was kind of leaked anyway. Um, that's about it. We still don't know anything about several other teams out there, so it might still be worth waiting to just collect a little bit more in terms of where all the rosters are before we get into like more of an in-depth roster discussion kind of episode. So maybe we'll wait for the next week when Yitzhak comes back. But for now, you know, while Dustin's here, um, thought it'd be a good idea to catch up with him and see what he's up to and, you know, uh, how, how things are trucking along. So how's your year been, man? How's your 2021? It's good. I mean, yeah, everything's kind of just, since you're talking about roster updates, I mean, I don't know how much you guys have covered already. Like this is all kind of just like relatively new news to me, at least with the, uh, the Vancouver stuff. I mean, you said it before, mm. like it was already leaked, but I mean, that roster actually looks pretty, pretty good. Like the best roster they might have fielded yeah, since season two. Like that looks that's actually true, pretty yeah. solid. Return I, of Shockwave. I, I think somebody who doesn't get enough credit. Moss obviously coming over. But yeah, it looks solid. I'm kind of surprised that Vancouver. What, what 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 the fuck happened with Shockwave and uh, in Philly, bro? That was the oh. weirdest year. Visas <laughs> happened here for Philly. Visas yeah. happened, bro. Like. I mean, I don't know if you yeah. I don't know if you saw it, but like half their team, the Western part of their team, couldn't go to Korea. <sighs> um, and I think literally Poco made it to Korea in time for the final the day competition. Of, yeah. Um which is playoffs. It just now. ruined everything. It mm. it made things hard. I mean, there's the problem is like people say it ruined things, but at the same time, when you really look at it, some of their best performances of Philly actually happened right at the start of the season in the main melee for mm. them when they didn't have any of the Western players. They just they have this kind of like Korean full Korean roster that they had to very quickly shape up from free agents that were available like Toby and Rascal and they actually went flawless in May Mali. They still didn't make it to the tournament in Hawaii, but that's because they went up against Shanghai Dragons. And to remember that was a super close game as well. So they could have made it to May Mali. So uh, I don't know. Like Philly did super well, I'm not, well I'm not saying it's the roster's it's not the roster's fault. That's not what I'm trying to say. I mean like mm. it's just the idea from the beginning is to build that roster. 
and then you have to scrap that idea, and then you got to go with this other thing, but you still have the old idea. Then you have two separate pages that you're just trying to mesh together, right. and then you're just fucked. Like, yeah. it's not even the player's fault. Through. Got weird halfway through, because they, they started to try yeah. and reintroduce the Western players into the full Korean lineup slowly over time, and one by one as they mm. started to each arrive. That that probably made things a bit weird, but... Uh, um. That's that's Philly. Or who knows how Philly does in the next year. But I agree. I think you know, going back to Vancouver, uh, that's like a complete 180 in roster quality straight away. 100%. Like genuinely, I I think we say this every year that it feels like the league has kind of leveled up like just as a whole. Um, I think the last team that we're still kind of waiting on is maybe Valley and whatever they end up doing. Ooh. But I think Vancouver, I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing. I don't because because, you, you know, I don't think any content creator wants to shit on your team. Right. Everybody wants to be excited for your favorite team or, you, you know, big up whoever team that you're supporting. Nobody wants to go in and be like, well, guys, here's another Vancouver year. Like maybe they win a game. Maybe they don't. This this year genuinely feels like they could be fairly competitive and, and maybe make some plays. Who knows? Well, I don't understand with Vancouver. I'm not gonna, not trying to be a dick, and the, but the roster looks good this year. They did, I think the coaches have done a better job. <laughs> but it feels like they just kind of threw all the players they picked up for that team under the bus that last year. Am I wrong? Because I know at least, maybe I, I just know insider knowledge, because the mm. coaches did a lot of the picking for the roster. Mm. They literally picked up, up that, they picked up that entire roster in the offseason. And then the coaches stay, and then they just dump all the players. Like, that's a little sus would to you, me. I don't know. Would like, you prefer to keep the players? I prefer to drop the coaches and the players and start oh. fucking new. Like you just mm. pick, you just re-pick up the same coaches that just picked up the worst roster in the league. Like nearly, like what are you doing, bro? I mean, like I understand that I'm, I'm, you know, coming to people's heads for their job or whatever. Maybe I don't know any better, <laughs> but like it feels like some of these general managers of these and like and people that pick pick up players just don't know what the fuck they're doing, and it's just like I don't know. They just they get a good interview with what, the with the dude. I mean, I don't know. But so you. Are you are, does it not sit right with you if uh, if they pick up a new roster that on paper looks pretty damn good, but the coaches staying is probably you, you're probably not it too does, satisfied. It doesn't with that. sit. It doesn't sit right with me that they threw all of their players under the bus, but they didn't kick the coaches. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, like those those coaches picked up those players, and then you're dropping those players after they just like didn't have a great season. I don't know. Like, I mean, I like they picked up a new great roster, but if the coaches don't do well this year. They should be dropped. If they if, if Vancouver Titans doesn't course, get yeah. at least top half of the league, get rid of them. Like top they're half. just fucking ass. I would you do you think this is a top half roster? Like if you have to really look at it, is this a top ten or a bottom ten roster? Because I I like it, but I can't still help but say that I might still I, I'm tempted to still have them in my bottom bottom ten. Do you do you have them in your top ten? Should better be top ten. I don't I don't have them in my top ten, but okay. I mean they should be. If they're not, they're failures. Like I don't know what to say. Like if you're not top ten. What are you doing? Like you're not mm-hmm. trying to win. What, what are you? What are you fucking LA Valley? I don't know, man. It's pretty There's high no expectations because when I look at the teams available <laughs> to be top ten, you'd have to be better than you know quite a lot of the teams. Um, and that where was put, where was Toronto defiant last year? Uh, pretty mid. What, I what, think. Did they, what did they finish? They were in the um, play-ins, weren't they? They finished eleventh so place. Play. Toronto defiant finished eleventh place in the overall standings. Uh, yeah. And then for the entire year, uh, I, with uh, playoffs, I think it's still somewhere around 11th. So they just well, finished and, outside the top 10. And guess who carried them there? 
Aspire. Aspire? Aspire Aspire was fucking insane. I don't know how many more like I don't know how he was like only picked up by Toronto this year. Do you think other teams or not Toronto? Vancouver. Vancouver. Like it's so strange that no other teams would like offer him, right? Or do you think they have? Do you think he got more offers besides oh, Vancouver? It is bizarre because there makes are some more Vancouver. Western teams. That means he picked yeah. Vancouver. If that's the case. But I don't know who yeah. else could have offered him if if they did. It just feels like he was just criminally underrated because he was like besides I don't know you could say Kai, um, you could say Kevster. Like there's not really many Western DPS that are actually good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it felt, it felt like the only reason he didn't play for Toronto Defiant was because of their team being mostly Korean and they didn't want to play with them probably. just didn't like feel right or something or nepotism or something. You know what I mean? Okay, kept them out of the so, Discord. <laughs> yeah. And the, yeah, well, I mean, that's... Who is that? Logics? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah something like that, yeah. They had like yeah, a big just, like, splintering of the team. That's just sus, bro. That, that whole thing is just weird. I don't know. <sighs> Bizarre. All right. I mean, awesome. top 10 is... Uh, top 10, you're, you're on the same side of the page as like... Well, Honest. I th- think it, think about it this way, bro. I mean, the game's five v five now. Yeah. You know, you have one less bottom fragging uh, tank player to worry about. You know uh, what I mean? Now you have actually so good tank players. Your team. Less dead wasting your team. Is what yeah. you're <laughs> think about it this way: the be- the worst players in the league are all tank players, right? Am I wrong or am I right? Aren't the worst players in the, in the league uh, tank players? Think about it. Uh, think about it. I think about think about every every player in the Overwatch league, and who has who's the weakest role? Who's the who's the least stacked role in the league? Main tanks, right? Yeah, pretty much. It's am I right or am I wrong? Shallow. Ah. It's pretty shallow. There's always those big holes where it's like, well, this guy can't play Arissa, whereas DPS is like, you got to yep, play yep. like 12 different heroes. It's like, yeah, I mean. Maybe it is tank. You, not you got off tank. all of these fucking tanks Main now. Tank, you have not so many. Tank, though, probably. Yeah, oh yeah, I know. Definitely not off tank. But now, now everybody has to play the same role. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Okay. So it just feels like you don't have to carry a shit can that may not be good at the game. You know what I mean? Now you can actually carry as a DPS player five versus five. People die faster. Oh, certainly, yeah. You know what I mean? It's a different mm-hmm. game. And uh, yeah, yeah, you got to go up against some heavy hitters though, because the the teams next to, let's say we're going for like even ninth or tenth place, the teams in that sort of area are like mm-hmm. Washington Justice with Happy and Decay. Like let's just be real, there's some heavy hitters. You got Dante and Pelican on the Houston. Soul still have profits, and that's like. Three teams right there. We haven't even started touching up on, like, you start to move into the San Francisco, Rain, Gladiators, Chengdu, Dallas, Shanghai area after that. And you, I don't need, you don't even need, need, need to get me started because we're talking about some ridiculous players once we get into that area. Um, mm. Even Atlanta, which, you know, we'll talk about in a second here. So I, I think top 10 is still, like, a challenge for a team like this. And you can go back to the coaching as well. Like, if the coaching isn't there, and this is where, like, you, you, you had something to say about the coaching, right? The coaching, if it's not good enough, might not be able to take them to a top 10. True. Yeah, yeah, they might not be able to. Or, the, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, it, it seems like coaching is so strange in Overwatch specifically just because, I mean, I don't, we don't have to delve into this topic so much, but it just feels like coaching is really weird because Overwatch is such a, there's so many maps in the pool, first of all, and then second of all, you it's so situational. Like, it's so situational. You can only really figure out, like, certain rotations, yeah. But then you're against certain compositions, and the compositions change every week. It's just like you can't really prepare that much. The coaches don't actually do all that much. You know what I mean? You, yeah. You've actually fired. You fired up a little bit of a spark in my brain because we've had some long ass discussions about coaching in the past on the show. <laughs> we had. Were you here when the whole community? I don't know if you were paying attention, but like oh, there man. was a whole debacle going on in the community where uh, certain players or certain potential coaches were moving around, and people were like, "Oh." Well, why would they get this person? This is so weird. This person 
can't be a good coach and blah 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 and there was the whole uh you know gumba came in and um people you know well not people there were some specific people especially in the tier two who were like oh you know they didn't give a fair shot to the tier two coaches and then mcgravy got got put on mayhem as well as the assistant coach and people were like oh why would you pick mcgravy he doesn't even like in the game and all this kind of bs and um people somehow equating his playing career to somehow if, being related to his ability as a coach and then you know toby was announced as head coach of soul and people were like oh wh- why would you get, let, let toby be the head coach of soul straight away and all this kind of bs and, but in my mind it's always been how the how the fuck does anyone know what you know how well, the coaches come from coach nowhere in the anywhere. first place it's mm-hmm. like yeah the, the coaches come from nowhere in the first place exactly so it's like you know i, I just had a real problem with the community state the sentiment about like where in their minds like my biggest question to them would always be like well, how do you know what makes a good coach? Like, you guys, you, all the Andes and all the little Timmies on Reddit, what in your mind do you think makes a good coach? Because I'm willing to bet they're all fucking wrong. They're, none of them have any clue what actually makes a good coach. And the only people I trust to talk about coaching are people that have, A, either been coaches, or B, played in teams where they've worked with coaches and actually have a full understanding of, like, what coaches bring to the table and what good coaching looks like. So, Dustin. Yeah, I can't, I mean, I can't really tell, to be honest. I, I know you're already going to ask you, but, like, Generally with coaches, like, I mean, maybe it's just disrespectful to think what I think, but I mean, generally this feel like kind of glorified player managers. You know what I mean? Like it just kind of could be. Yeah. yeah it, I th- like look at even Krusty. People say Krusty's like one of the best coaches in the world and he knows strategy and he's good at that stuff. But what he's mainly good at is player management. Right. And, and that's what all of his players say is he's really good at keeping the, you know, the environment he- like not healthy, but in a good place and making sure everybody's doing the right thing. And that really is just glorified player managing because if you think about it, I mean, I've already had, I've had some coaches where like in the past, they just tell me some things in in game that just aren't helpful. And they just tell people in general things that just aren't actually beneficial. And they're just like super obvious things that, you know, of course a plat player and anybody could figure out if they just watch the game, but they don't understand the game at a high level. And at, at the high level, it's like I said, very situational and there's really, only so much you can cover and so much time because there's so much going through your head. You know what I mean? There's so much shit going on in the game that really you can only coach on the obvious things in the, that the player already knows about. I don't know. I mean, what are you going to... Yeah, but I like, don't know. There, there would be coaches that exist that have a wealth of knowledge that exceed what probably a lot of players have, especially if they're coaches that have been around for a long time. Like very heavy strategic coaches. Some guys that I've heard of who, have, who are like real mega brains out there, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but what if your team can't execute? And then, like, what if you're what if you're trying to build strategies around something that you're not actually good at? It's just because you think your strategy is good that you're running it. You know what I mean? What if it's not actually good for your your actual players? That I sounds think like, that's, that that's, sounds a, like that's an easy one. Problem. Yeah, what was that sounds like Moon in season one with Valiant <laughs> with the whole like yeah. Custer Kooky situation. Yeah, he was kind of fucking around. I mean, I don't know. Does the guy really deserve coach of the year after going to Shanghai Dragons, the best team in the entire league? You know, I, I mean, I don't know, you, like, that, that's a esports you can't coach ignore it. You can't ignore it like that. Esports coach given that much resources, I think everything that's it's such a it's such a hard topic because like, yes, success should probably weigh some deal. But when you're given like pandora's box to literally crack open and pull whoever you want fantasy style like is that 
coach of the year material versus something that like somebody who is that- like Yiska is, is big on is like pulling somebody up like packing who does less with more or more with less, however you want to put it. You know, it's it what is coaching success? really? What if like, yeah. okay, hypothetically, what if you put packing on Shanghai Dragons? Obviously can't happen because they don't, don't even speak <laughs> the same damn language. But hypothetically, would that then diminish? Because you, you're going to, I'm just going to use the example because you threw his name in there. Does that sure. does that then the same shit was? Oh, well, you can't you can't now they're going to take packing down because like, uh, well, he's on the best team now. So doesn't that just diminish any coaches on the best team? So it's just no, kind of, no, 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 you know what they should, doesn't sound right. You know what they should do, Avril, is that they should. So I don't think anybody can think of any strategy that has happened in the past fucking four years of Overwatch that has been as iconic as Meta Athena's Maywall over the top of Dorado. Can you think of any iconic plays besides the Franz Graviton surge, which was also an individual play just, yeah. that has happened in the past four years? Just shorefalls, bamboozle, and glads, really. That's probably it. Man. Which, okay, to and be fair, Metathena also did, to be fair. Just saying. Check it out. Yeah, exactly. So think about it that way. Why is... Uh, I don't know. And like, like, There's no strategies Moon's doing that is different than other teams. He just has better players. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, It's just bit- tough to tell from the outside. Like, I don't, I don't mm. know. You can't... This is what I was talking about in the first place. Like coaches just seem like glorified player managers, which that's what Moon is. As far as I'm aware, Moon is a player manager, which is what coaches are. Don't get me wrong. To an extent, yeah. You know, he doesn't seem like. Is he much of a strategy guy? Do you know much about Moon? I, I no, don't. I don't. I've, I haven't uh, heard of him being a strategy guy, but like, there's most of the strategy guys are assistant coaches on most teams. That's true. Those yeah, so we need guys. to give some of those guys some of the player, the, uh, coach of the year. You know what I mean? I think, yeah, I think in general, most of the discourse around, like, especially coach of the year awards in our neck of the woods, it, it should be more viewed as, you know, coaching staff of the year because, yes, you do need those player managers. You need, need those emotional leaders that maybe sit at the top of the table, but it's all, it's the cabinet they kind of build around them that really are not only the unsung I mean, heroes, but maybe are the people doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Uh, yeah, but then you got to like, you got to define, you know, cause now are we, are we kind of downplaying what a head coach and that kind of more managerial role does and kind of, uh, yeah. More emphasis yeah. They on, all do jack shit. They're all useless on the strategic coaches. <laughs> um, or what? It. Cause like, I mean, I, I respect that opinion. Cause like it, from a player perspective, depending mm-hmm. on what you need, that uh, you know that can be more or less useful, but dude, for teams that don't have their shit together, and like who was who was it? It was Arnold on Soul, the CEO of Soul, who said that like one of the most important things for your team to do to achieve is just to not implode by the end of a season because a lot of teams fucking I mean, there's a lot of drama inside and a lot of bullshit mm-hmm. happens, and you need people with leadership, quality leadership skills to take charge of that and stop your stop kids from being kids because let's be honest, if a bunch of 18, 19 year olds are gonna start shit. Um, probably living out of home for the first time and all this kind of BS. So, you know, if you can keep your team together, keep egos in check, and keep you know manage just basically uh, herd children, then you you have a functional <laughs> team. So, um, I don't I don't discredit and I don't like I don't downplay the whole like if you want to call it player managers or glorified player managers too much because I think they're I don't know there's, there's obviously a role for that. I it's mm-hmm. not every single head coach is going to be super strategically minded. And even then, like, you, you're saying, like, okay, well, a lot of that is, well, I said that a lot of it's assistant coaches, and we should be looking at assistant coaches a lot more, which I agree with. But a lot of the head coaches, a lot of people that become head coaches are also, you know, people that have been assistant coaches. And I look at guys like Fakes and Gladiators, who was the assistant coach of Gladiators, very strategic guy, now he's the head coach, and, you know, Gumba was in that same position as well. So there's a bunch of dudes who were assistant coaches who were very strategically minded that then become head coaches. So, um, yeah, I mean, those guys are out there. 
it's tough to tell. I mean, if we could just to go back onto the coach of the year award, I think like the personally, cause this is, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think that like, yes, coaching is definitely, I, I don't necessarily shut on it too much. Like the player managing role of being a coach. I'm just thinking about it in like ways of like, where, where are the most um, like advanced of sports coaches? Like we're in, in sports in general, you know what I mean? Like, and I think of like the NFL or whatever, mm. I think all of the top coaches in the NFL are that are at least, I mean, a lot of it is narrative based as always, I guess, but a lot of the top coaches are like, you know, Sean McVay, some of these like smart, like brainiac coaches that are just like absurdly good in strategy. So like, I don't know. It just seems like at the end of the day, the, the highest skill cap needs to be a coach that can do both player management and be high in skill. You know what I mean? Okay. And high in strategy. Mm-hmm. And those are kind of unicorns, right? Those are those are the diamonds that you kind of have to find and build up. But I think this this opens, at least in my mind, it kind of opens up to esports in general because it we're kind of echoing a lot of the same things that I feel like every esport kind of goes through, where it's like League of Legends. You know, whether it be Halo, whether it be Valorant, I, I know that that's, you know, one of the hot topics these days for for the kids. Um, I, I don't know what people want these coaches to do, but also, yes, like, what do you what do you kind of expect them to do? I guess it's also like vapid and kind of just like, yes, you do you, you want to kind of corral them and get them together and make sure their egos aren't big, but then they kind of become a lot the, like the role becomes more than what they're actually doing, but there's a, a ton that just isn't exactly. It's it's when you, when you give them the hat of a coach, like we immediately kind of place them into a box that doesn't necessarily. I also fit don't them, think, I, I also don't think you're, I don't, I don't, I also don't think, you know, your, your head coach is meant to be like the do everything guy either. It's just yeah. the, in, in, in ideal world where you have a big team and you can, you can have a lot of stuff and, you know, a, a roster is, you actually build the full coaching staff where you can delegate positions and delegate mm. based on specialties of what people's specific skill sets are. And that's why strategic coaches are a position and are a thing in esports in the first place. Uh, if your head coach was your strategic coach, you wouldn't need a strategic coach in your team. That role wouldn't even exist because that would just be your head coach. And for some teams that have smaller budgets and they maybe only have one coach, J-Mac is your head coach and your strategic coach and your everything because right. he is that guy. He, he's there to just do everything. Um... But I don't know. I, I just think coaching is, a, is still very misunderstood and very mysterious kind of position in all of esports, and it's hard to know exactly yeah. what it what it should bring to the table, uh, what it currently does bring to the table, and generally people's understanding of it is very low. And I'll be even honest, like I, um, I still don't need, know enough about it because I haven't talked to, encountered, or worked with very many coaches, if any. Uh, I know from my own personal mm. time coaching in Valorant, and even on a smaller scale, like you know what. I brought to the table, but that's going to be different for every single team. And players have, you know, as Dustin's been talking about and from his position, players have different perspectives on what they think they need and what they believe uh, is helpful to them and uh, what they're looking for as well. And that, that, may, that might change from team to team and from player to player and depending. So I don't know. It's... Uh... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to, like, force guys to drag on this topic too much, but, like, generally with... Yeah, it is interesting because in, in Overwatch, like like I said before, I mean, this kind of goes back to what I was saying. It's like all very situational and individual at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Like if like for some reason, and this is what the players have deduced at the end of the day. I mean, I could be wrong about this, but if you're looking at a player and the only real analytics that we have are just for like certain, you know, damage done per 10 or like, like I don't know, accuracy or, or old build time and stuff like that. Those are really the only statistics we have. And then, like, on top of that, for tank players, you're kind of going based on that same statistic, too. 
So I don't know. It just feels like there's the analytics themselves aren't really that good, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. or they're very individual based. So it's like, what do you just tell your player to get more damage per 10? Like, how is he going to get da- more damage per 10? I don't know. Just like uh, shoot more, activate <laughs> your brain more. Like, I, I don't know what to say. Like the, some people just can't keep up. You know what I mean? Overwatch is a very, as much of a team ga- based game. It is. Everybody has to play their role. Mm-hmm. at the highest level and be like top five in their role. Because if you don't have everybody at least top five in your role, you're not going to be top five team. You know what I mean? Look at, uh, uh, you know, rest in peace Alarm. Look at Alarm in Philadelphia Fusion. You know what I mean? Alarm was probably the best player on his team. Mm-hmm. One of the best flex sports in the league. Easily top five, maybe top three. And his team was still dog shit coming up to the end of the year. You know what I mean? They just let him down. It just was more, everybody was not individually up to the challenge or something like that. Maybe Shockwave was? I, I don't know, but, you know. That team, their players I mean, were good enough. The problem is, I think their team, like even if you have good players, your team can fall apart. You maybe your your teamwork isn't there, the trust isn't there. Um, this, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of different reasons. The language barrier, like should they, you know, trying to integrate their Western roster with their full Korean roster slowly part way through. You know, there's a diff- there's a multitude of reasons why their team might not be there. But at, at the end of the day, look at Pelican. Pelican was fucking insane, and, and I'm pretty sure you know at the end of the day, he's he wanted to move on to a Korean roster, as far as I'm aware, and then he went you know, to he Houston. Didn't, yeah, then he went to well, he went to Houston. But, yeah, you know, but you know what I'm saying? Like the guy doesn't give a fuck. I mean, maybe he was communicating a bit, but like some of these players are just built differently, and that you just kind of need to construct. Maybe that's what coaches do. I guess they're also washer construction people. They're like kind of doing the GM's job at the same time, um, because GMs don't know what the fuck they're doing in Overwatch. But um, you know, you got Pelican that can just absolutely carry a roster and go absolutely apeshit. And he doesn't even need to speak the language to like a you know his first language or whatever. Yeah, but he's mm-hmm. a beast. That that guy's built different. There's very yeah, few gotta... people that can do that. You know that can really pull out a one v eleven. And even then, like I, I you know I don't think we can underrate Atlanta too much. Like I'm, I I thought their team this year was pretty good, especially in in the comps that they were pretty good at. Right. So, um, true. We don't. I don't think the Pelican had to do that much carrying. He did some carrying. Uh, at certain times, and he certainly got them through various metas on on very important heroes this year. But um, mm. I still look at that roster as being pretty stacked, and you know, uh, a play part of the reason why I like Vancouver's new roster because they got Master, and I, I was really big on Master this year. Is one of the best main supports in my opinion coming through from Atlanta Rain. Um, and so that roster falling apart now as we kind of transition into talking about the Rain a little bit because it's obviously your your old team. And I'm sure you. Hey, have sure, yeah opinions on that but um yeah that roster has changed quite a bit now moving into next year like where where's your mind at in terms of that like how do you feel about 2022's atlanta rain uh so let's see who's entirely on atlanta this year so it's gator hawk kai nero venom ultraviolet og and then it's brad and then is so legit and danny are still assistant coaches legit manager now and danny's been promoted from manager from analyst to assistant coach Okay. I mean, um, I don't really know too much about Venom. Do you guys know much about him? Yeah. I, I, he's he's an unknown quantity. I don't know too he much. He is like a Korean player who played on hyping in NA contenders. Uh, and he was like heavily farming on Tracer. He's like one of the more impressive Tracer. Why well, dare I call him a Tracer specialist? It's mainly what he played. It's pretty much what he was known for. He, yeah, he okay. he was like a hardcore Tracer farming player on uh, NA okay. Contenders. He did quite well. So that's about well, it. Well, I mean, we, yeah, we've seen that before, I guess, because you also had, uh, you know, Dalton 
And Dalton's not done too well in Overwatch League, to be honest. But Dalton was really, really good. I, I, I still kind of have faith in Dalton. This is kind of off topic, but, man, he hasn't really lived up to expectations in Overwatch League. Uh, but for Atlanta Rain specifically, I guess, um, you know, I guess I can go player by player uh, from for my interactions. You know, sure. Gator... Yeah. Gator's a, a pretty good leader, pretty solid dude overall. Um, you know, obviously, he, I, th- I think it's pretty apparent that he has some hero pool lapses, unfortunately. I mean, it's not. A, I don't even think it's due to his fault. I think he's still grinding out a lot of the heroes. I think just some people are naturally better at some characters than others, you know what I'm saying? It's just like some people are naturally, you know, more gifted to the game and can actually pop off on certain things. It's, I don't think it's any fault of his own of trying. It's just that, you know, some people just can't really perform at that level. Like, for some, for, I don't know. At least last year, it just felt like when Gator was on Wrecking Ball, the team didn't really do too yeah. hot, and he didn't really perform that well. And that's just, I mean, like I said, no still fault to Gator. I, <laughs> still beat Dallas. Still beat Dallas somehow. But and they had MVP, what is it, Fearless on that team? Yeah. MVP candidate Fearless, and they, they, they couldn't deal with Gator Wrecking Balls. So. <laughs> can't that, be that bad. Gator Ball no, 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 no. Gator's, Gator's, not, Gator's not that bad at Wrecking Ball. Gator's not bad at Wrecking Ball. But, like, it just felt like in comparison to some of the other teams and the other, you know, Wrecking Ball players, it was a little lackluster, I guess. But mm, yeah. um, I think Gator on Reinhardt is still one of the best main tanks in the league, one, one of the best Reinhardts, um, probably the best Arissa. He's up there. He makes some great coordinated plays, great game plans, kind of understands the limits of that character. Um, but like, like we said, with only one tank now, you know, it's not, it might be Hawk starting. And Hawk, in my opinion, is arguably one of the most talented players that we have in the game in general. Hawk is yeah. absolutely fucking a grinder. He's, he's naturally gifted at the game. He's got an act for aiming. He's got an act for just the game itself. The only downside of Hawk really is just that he's an asshole <laughs> because he's so fucking good. You know, I love Hawk. He's just sometimes a little bit too... Harsh. You got know a little personality on him, okay? A little bit of three yeah, P, yeah, yeah. a little bit of three P my well, ass well, election. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he cares a lot, you know. And, and of course, yeah, yeah. He's like the Michael Jordan kind of of that mm-hmm. team. You know what I'm saying? Like he's somebody that just absolutely grind the hell out of the game. And if you're not as good as him, he'll ask why. He'll be like, "Why aren't you as good as Alarm? Why aren't you as as good as I don't know who who Striker or something like that?" Sure, he's just yeah. like. Because he's he's up there with the other off tanks, so it's like I guess it's fair for him to ask why his teammates aren't that good. You know what I'm saying? Like um, Hawk is just absolutely, I think next level. I don't know. Like it depends on what roles, I guess. Maybe he won't do as good as on Reinhardt, mm. um, but you never know. You know he could ad- adapt to those. And we I got guess- some new heroes coming in too. So fuck it. Maybe there's like a new flex tank that requires more aiming, and then Hawk can you know really show people that you know he's got a lot more under the hood than I think people give him credit for. Yeah, I, I just hope they don't rotate out the, the tank too much, sure. to be honest with you. I think that the tank is kind of something that you need to leave in. Mm-hmm. It just feels like everything runs through the tank, you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. like, if yep. you keep rotating out your tank player, you're kind of losing your identity every time you swap somebody else in, so you're not really building um, too well, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I, some people disagree. Sometimes you should sub people in and out. I think, did Chang, do you do that a lot last year with the... A little bit. Gaga. Yeah, but they shouldn't oh, have. Uh, no, actually, they yeah, kept yeah, Gaga yeah. in for the most part. They they threw an Among in for a few time for a few games. Uh, Chengdu liked to do that, but no, they they it's mostly, mostly supports, played Gaga. No? They they yeah they swapped the supports all the time, but Gaga played yeah, yeah. the entire time. And uh, that was sus too. That was also weird. That was that was really. It's never odd. been something that I've I've been a big fan of. I think like you're saying, like you want that that stability. You want that core. I think they did some some interesting things. The way that they explained it, they they wanted to. And Avril, correct me if I'm wrong. 
um they wanted to bring you know give people some some time to cool off kind of reset the mentals and then bring them back in i kind of appreciated that to a, a degree but yeah i think for the most part yeah, i guess I if you want to yeah, leave you want to leave everything team. well enough alone and 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 let the the team kind of do for themselves i guess not do for themselves but you know f- it's it's tough to explain well, like yeah they got unlucky they got far there was a far away burned out or something like that wasn't it uh, I think but, or was it Evelo? i don't think I anybody think... i don't think anybody burned out i think they just uh no, no, they, they, somebody was underperforming in scrims, right? Yeah, Yvelto under, underperformed in scrims. That's what it was. On the playoffs, yeah, yeah. leading up to the playoffs. But then they replaced Monk, too. They replaced Monk with Faraway. That's what it was. Yeah, uh, as because, well. Faraway did, because Faraway did better in scrims. Because that, that's, the, that's the other thing with Chengdu, is they, they play, they put people on officials based on who performs mm-hmm. well in scrims. I mean, I, like, I guess so. That's just sus, though. There's not enough games, bro. There's not enough games and scrims to actually determine that. There's win percentage and stuff. Like, this is why, this is why like, I thought I was always worse than Kodak, for example. But our coaches always put me in instead of Kodak because I had a better win rate in scrims. I don't think that mattered that much. I don't know. Like, just put in the more mechanically skilled player. You know what I'm saying? Like, just put mm-hmm. in somebody that is better just overall. Like, I mean, sure, there's team synergy, but I don't know. Maybe, you, I guess it's just who you hire and who you get lucky with. But mm-hmm. Sure. I just don't think you should be subbing in and out, especially like that. You've already fucked up. You already fucked up your roster construction at that point. If you have to sub people in and out, you know what I mean? And, and, unless you're just, I guess, God tier, like, uh, like shock well, has been is, or every team has whatever. two tanks. Every team signed two tanks because no one knows what the hell tank is going to look like fully for next year. So no mm. matter what guaranteed, the only, the only teams that haven't got two tanks is like Vancouver, who've currently only got five players, but I think they're just like, a team that don't want to have a big roster, they are probably playing a minimalist roster yeah. again, where my expectation for Vancouver is they will only have six players by the end of the full signing period. Um, but, for example, you have Gator and Hawk on Atlanta, and every other team is pretty much also two tanks because you got to have one person that's got the off-tank hero pool, one tank's player that's got the main tank hero pool, uh, and inevitably somebody's going to get benched. Somebody has to. Yeah, that's that's like a that's just like a given, I guess. It's not even because they they want to keep the players. It's just like uh, we kind of have to, you know, out of moral obligation or whatever. At that point, mm-hmm. which is kind of not ideal, because like at the end of bets. the day, what was that? You got to hedge your bets because you don't know what tank looks like. Yeah, you have no idea. Yeah, it's yeah. true. I mean, you might as well sign them if you can afford it. Like, you might as well sign two tanks anyways, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess they're not losing on too much. It's just like at the end of the day, the 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 tank pool of players is huge now. Like, you have. 20 players are now benched instead of... Is it 20 players, right? My brain... I can't do math for some reason. 20 players basically just benched, though, from that this season going to the next. Mm-hmm. So the pool of players in tank is just massive. So there's really no excuse, in my opinion, for tank players to, ha- to be lacking in certain tanks now. Now there's like twice the amount of people playing it. Uh, you got to be good at every tank that's mm-hmm. meta. You know what I mean? You just got to be good at it as a... That's kind of how Overwatch is and how I think it it's kind of ending up, you know what I mean? Like, you just got to be good at everything. It's just same for support, same for DPS. You got to be able to play everything at least at a middle of the pack to high level. You have to have one character you're really, really good at or a couple, and then you can have some that you need to be at least, you know, average or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, this oh, yeah? Is, this, is, this is why Overwatch is one of the hardest games, I think, to be a pro in. Just the requirements of, like, how much of the game you need to be good at with all these different characters and all the different styles of playing each one. Uh, yeah, especially we look Definitely at Flex DPS. There. Tanks join Flex DPS now in, in what I think is one of the most demanding roles as far as hero pools goes. Because Flex DPS, 
those absolute gods that play like this gigantic hero pool those guys have to me always been the very best overwatch players in the entire world the entire time the game's been there just mm. because the requirement for their skill level and their mechanics over the call over all these different aiming styles and different characters is insane so um well and yeah and they have different play styles <clears throat> yeah yep drastically yeah. different um where where are you at for kai and nero uh you, oh yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. those guys um yeah kai is i mean kai's a carry bro like kai was kai last year at least during the playoffs was easily like i think their mvp i don't remember while pelican was lagging out or doing whatever he was doing like kai was probably the best player on atlanta rain i think just like from a performance standpoint like the amount of clutches that he came through like even mm-hmm. if he was playing semi-bad during like a game he just like came back and just got some big kills um and i think that was even during was it during chain dude that he just got like on uh I think it was Nepal. Like he's got, he he had a couple good Nepal plays though. But like on McCree, he would just go mm-hmm. fucking hard. Yep. I mean, I mean, he he's arguably like one of the best like hit scan McCree players. He might be the best McCree player. Is that maybe that's wrong? Maybe that's too extending it too far. Um, I think it's fair to just put him, I think, put him up there. I don't I know think he's, he's just the best hit scan. But... I actually think he's my favorite hit scan player overall. Okay. Uh, I, it's it's tough to tell because I mean every player has their kryptonite. I'm sorry to cut you off, Avril. It's just from what. The way that Baby Bay told me and the way that it seemed like in scrims, like some players may be worse than you, I guess, but they just know your play style and they just counter your play style with right. theirs. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? For like Widowmaker specifically, I guess. Yeah. Because um, like Baby Bay would always fuck Kai in scrims, but Kai would like dominate all the other Widowmakers. You know what I mean? So how good are you really if you can... Right. How good are you if you can beat the best guy, but you can't beat everybody else? I'll you say, know what I mean? I'll That's kind of the... The best this camp play I've ever seen will always be 2020 Arns. No, no player has ever in my mind... Uh, at a hit scan level, been even close to that performance. The 2020 Arns last year was fucking crazy. But Kai this year, I think, had my, in my opinion, the best hit scan performance. This is not including, uh, when I say hit scan, I'm talking mostly like sniper based heroes or like mm. hard hit scans. I'm not talking about like. Yeah, no tra- Sombra. I'm not, no, no Sombra, no Tracer. If we, if we introduce Sombra and Tracer, that conversation changes. But if we're only talking about like hard, you know, click on head kind of hit scan, then Kai, is, Kai was my number one this year. Yeah, Kai was Kai was insane. I'm glad they re-signed him. Um, I was actually hoping that they were gonna. I love Nero. Nero was actually my boy, one of the closer guys I am with in the Overwatch League. Okay. I was hoping they actually signed Aspire. I was like, I was actually like messaging him. I was like, you guys should asp- sign Aspire, bro. This guy's insane. He's just carrying fucking Toronto Defiance corpse to the playoffs and like doing well with them. Like the guy was actually insane. But they just signed. I mean, like, okay, I'm fine with. I like Nero. Nero is also one of the best May players. Probably the best May player. Right. Um. But now you have a bunch of players that are, you don't have a Pelican, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? You don't have somebody that can fill a decent amount of the heroes to a high level. Like, Nero's really good at Farah, May. Um, I mean, he's good at other, he's solid at other characters, but nothing spectacular. Am I wrong? Just pretty much Farah and Genji, I think, those three. But Echo Definitely as well. Projectile focus. But Echo, Echo as well. But he, yeah. Is he elite Echo? Is he elite That's Echo? That's the though? thing. I was going to bring that up. I think some people would argue, but in my, in my opinion, when you start to really look at the elite tier, you have to start comparing them to guys like the Leaves and the Pelicans of the world, and it's just yeah. like those guys are just too nuts. Uh, and this is where like we need them. Maybe maybe this is an unfair comparison, but part of me looks at this roster and does feel like, in some ways, Rain downgraded because and it's unfair to compare because you used to have Pelican, you used to have yeah. the Rookie That's of the tough. Year who I would who was easily MVP quality as well, who got robbed of a fucking role star, easily the most robbed player I've I've ever seen in terms of awards. Um, and you know anything that you get that's not 
Pelican or better is going to be a downgrade, sadly. I don't think Nero's bad at all, but fuck, man. Pelican was kind of crazy, so that, uh, that, that well, is what we're talking about. bad. This we're talking about that Overwatch is one of the hardest games. I mean, it's just it's it's unfair. It is unfair to compare them to you know people of old. But like, you kind of need those players, bro. You need you need those players to win. I mean, Shanghai Dragons had how many of those players to <laughs> like win every the, spot, dude? Every every role, every every spot besides what maybe flex support or something. Uh, I, I don't even know. Like, then, Izyaki was a monster, dude. Like you can't even. Izyaki was Izyaki was very good. Yeah, like it, it's just tough. You need to have every role. At a high level, and specifically yeah. the DPS players, you need them specific, like specifically yeah. DPS players need, especially in five versus five now. Now yeah. that there's only yeah. fucking five people in the server, the DPS people can just shut people down even faster. I don't know. This game's gonna get more turn more into an arena shooter, I think, and um, maybe that's a little bit of a hot take because the tanks are still in the game and they're still gonna be really really strong. Um, but yeah, you need like a pelican, bro. And I, I love Nero, and I don't know who this Venom guy is, but uh, they definitely downgraded, I think, at the DPS. You know, what about supports? Sure. Do you think it downgraded supports? Because, like, in my opinion, uh, Iris is fucking crazy, and Master was one of my top main supports. Uh, I don't know enough about OG Ultraviolet. I hadn't kept up with the careers. I've seen some clips. Ultraviolet in particular looks fucking cracked. But uh, you know, Iris, Iris really set the bar for me in, in a lot of uh, in a lot of what Flex support did. I don't think Iris was my number one, but Iris was. Uh, he was. He was pretty good. He was very good, in my opinion. So, is. You know, it's tough to say. I mean, I, I'm kind of outdated with my information on Ultraviolet and OG. Um, but when I was playing and I watched OG when he was underage, I mean, OG was, like, really, really good stats-wise, at least, in ranked. And, like, way better than a lot of other main supports. He was just, like, he could play the flex supports well. He could play the main supports well. Okay. Um, and whenever I played against him, against him in rank, I was like, damn, this guy could be a flex support if he wanted to. You know what I mean? Like, he's just got really good aim. That's important. Um, yeah. yeah, and he knows how to live as well, which is yeah. also equally as important. So I, I think, you know, I love Masa, but I think that's an upgrade for sure on main okay. support. Um, flex support, though, and, like, I don't know. Like, I'm not up to date, like I said, on, on this stuff. And for Ultraviolet, I'm not too sure. Um, but if people are high on him, they are. I just don't know too much about him. Um, I'm not I'm not too high on Ultraviolet, I guess. But who knows? He he could do well. He's like kind of in my position when I got signed in season two, where it's just like he's kind of an unknown factor. He's you know he's got he's got to prove himself um, mm. coming into the league this year. He's for literally sure. playing your position, that old flexible position. <laughs> so, oh yeah, true that too. Yeah, I, I I like what you said about OG though, because I hadn't seen enough as a gameplay, but I think you are you are heavily in a position where double flex support could be a thing. And so if you have a main support that can cover both main support and flex support positions, because you send this guy as an aimer then Atlanta have kind of nailed it because that's exactly what you want. You ideally do not want to sign three supports, two flick supports and one main support. Really what you want to do is sign just two supports that can cover everything in the pool that you need, right? Whether that's two flick supports where one of them can cover some main support or the other way around where it's an OG where that's a main support player but they can cover some flick support if needed. That's kind of what you're looking for. So ideally Rain don't sign another support player. They got their seven. They like to run a pretty lean roster anyway. I don't like to have too many bench players. I respect that. I think that's a good way to run your team. Um, overall, you know, I I still think it's a good team. It, it does hurt to not have Pelican, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm not disappointed with where this team is going to 2022. Where's your final thought on that? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not too disappointed going into 2022. I just, uh, I'm a little worried, I guess, just because, like, this, it really is, now that the game's five versus five, um, 
every player has got to be fucking top tier. I don't know. Like, every player has got to be top tier. Like, last year, I think everybody thought that Atlanta, some of Atlanta's problems, whenever they had to run, like, Brig, like, whenever Mossel was on Lucio, it was kind of sus. Like, he wasn't that good at Brig, and he just, I don't know if he doesn't have the patience to play it or the practice or the play style for it. Also, whenever we had to, whenever they had to play like Baptiste Zenyatta or something like that, yep. also kind of sus with Massa. Um, now I guess you got OG, and OG should be able to play those, but you never know. Like he might not have the leadership, he might not have the communication, he might not have the intangibles that Massa brought. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think they're maybe top ten team at least, maybe top fifty percent. Maybe I mean they just ended second place. Yeah. <laughs> Kind yeah. of doing their own thing too. Like they they stuck to that that kind of bunkery style, like you said, kind of trying to play what it felt like, or at least narratively, it felt like they were trying to play into what Gator was like, you know, prominent at giving him the Rhine, giving them the Orissa, getting getting in close, kind of staying in that death ball. Like again, this is a team. Atlanta is a team that is stylistic as they come. They they did their thing their way, got silver. I think coming into 2022. They're a team that's going to get creative with it. I think they're going to find their niche style, whether that be playing off of halts, whether that be doing some weird double fire strike bullshit, doing some like weird drifting with Ryan. Who knows? Whatever that is. I think Atlanta's a team to be kind of excited for. Maybe not necessarily because they have upgraded so many players and we're so excited to see OG and Ultraviolet, which maybe some of the NA contenders fans might be. But I think this is a team that you can kind of look to, like we were talking about with Meta Athena going, okay, like, What's Atlanta going to do? Kind of like almost like a Chengdu style, but in the West. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, to, to add on to that, um, I think I think this is going to end up where I could just kind of predict what's going to happen a little bit with the team, <laughs> to be honest. Like, I just see, I think, I think like Hawk will probably be like the more mechanically skilled main tank player, but the team will probably play better around Gator. You know what I mean? It's okay. just like, yeah, it, it just might be one of those things. Um just like people more happy playing with certain players and get people like playing with Gator, to be honest. So you know, it's tough, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess overall recap, you're right. Like they could be in like a chain do. They could have upset potential. They could be easily a, a top tier contender for sure. I think they should Ready be. To see him? I, yeah. I got, I got them in my top 10. I would have to say, I don't have like an actual one to 28, but like just yet, in terms of, in terms we'll of my thinking of like, well, you know, what do I, what I think is decent so far on paper. Uh, yeah, it's looking like a, it should be a top 10 for me. The only question is there, well, they did lose Hunter, but uh, I know Danny Danny did a lot of work this year as well, so hopefully um, he'll be able to step into some pretty big shoes. Uh, Atlanta side, though, and this is... a different is, game, man. This is where... And that's the other thing, is it a different game? Is uh, I, I've baited the entire audience with saying we weren't really going to talk too much about Ross. We talked a little bit. We talked about Vancouver's Ross, and we talked about Atlanta's Ross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were always going to talk about Atlanta's Ross, to be fair... But um, you know, if Dustin wanted to talk a little bit, bit about Vancouver, we'll talk about that as well because uh, that was that's probably the only other roster that kind of actually came up. Um, moving away from rosters a little bit, just a more general talk. We didn't really get to catch up on some of the other stuff that's going on just uh, around what you're up to before we get into any you know heavy Overwatch two related topics there. But you know what's what's been new for you this year because you're obviously you're, you're playing a lot of Halo currently. You're playing a lot of Valorant uh, not that long ago as well. Um, you you had you were doing your own show like where where are you at with everything currently? <laughs> yeah, I've been a little bit of a cringy guy. I'm not gonna lie, everyone. Um, Cringe. <laughs> well, recently, recently, just with Halo. Um, just because Halo, I've been fucking just going into like lobby. There's like movement in Halo. Halo's fun, so fun recently, just because it's a lot like Overwatch. I guess it's like a, it's very arena shooter type, and I'm good at those games naturally. Just like 
those just arena shooters just are my type of game. It's just how it works with my brain, I guess. Yeah. You know, like you can't be good like at every shooter. You know what I mean? Like um, mm. I, I was getting okay at Valorant. Like I was ending up like high immortal near radiant. Didn't hit radiant. I kind of gave up. Um, I mean, I could, maybe I'll maybe I'll go back to it. But like you can't just because you're good at one type of shooter doesn't mean you'll be good at multiple. Sure. And uh, this is a totally different topic. This is totally off topic. I don't know if you guys are prepared for this conversation. Go for it. But like. I, I've always felt like uh, like tactical um, FPS players are not good at arena type sh- FPS games usually, and uh-huh. same and vice versa. You know yep. what I'm saying? So like Shroud came to Overwatch uh, and he was awful. He was terrible. People were like people are like, oh, he has potential. I was like, this dude does not have potential, bro. You see this guy play? He's fucking trash. He he plays McCree. He maybe aims a little bit, but he is he is really out of his fucking comfort zone. And he, the same thing happened, I think, when he played Halo 2 recently, the new Halo, Halo Infinite. He was not very good at it, and he hated it, and he uninstalled it, I think, like, instantly or wow. something. Um, so, I don't know. It just feels like... And then I think Ten tried Halo. He didn't like it as well. But these, you know, CSGO, Steel came to Overwatch, if you remember. Steel, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, Steel yeah, plays for... Um, I don't know what teams he's on right now, but he was on 100 Thieves. Yep. Uh, I think his team's actually not announced yet. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, like he wasn't good at Overwatch as well, and like he, and I'm not that good at Valorant to be honest. I played Valorant and at the very beginning, and it took me like I, it took me a lot of grinding and a lot of hard work mm-hmm. to get to even high immortal. And I played at the beginning during the beta with fucking Baby Bay, and he's like, "Bro, you're not good at these type of games, dude. You should give <laughs> you stop. Don't play these, dude. Just you're not good at these type of games." Because he used to play Crossfire. You yeah, know? yeah, he was like he was big in Crossfire back in the day. Yeah, he was really good at Crossfire. He got banned in Counter Strike, but he was actually good at Counter Strike before he got banned for cheating. Uh, in the tournament yeah um but i don't know we were talking about my last year or whatever kind of crazy um mm. yeah to kind of go back on that i guess uh yeah with the show that's right that's right because you guys were talking about your guests and bringing on guests and stuff like that last week i was uh for the show it was fun and i, I had a lot of help but like everybody was kind of working for nearly free i tried to pay everybody equally but it, it was like hard to do that i guess because it was we were making much money anyways off of it and I just wanted to kind of see where it go and see if it would start up. And plus, at the time, I guess my ego is pretty high, so I'm like, I could do this. I have a, I can have a solid enough brand. I can transfer this, and uh, it didn't really work out that well. And I kind of did. People did a lot of work. Like there were people did a lot of work, but I did a lot, a lot of work for that show. Mm-hmm. Like I had to, I scheduled everybody for for a guest every day. I had to schedule that, and I did that for for months. And then after the show was over, so we, I would ask people to show up an hour early. Um, and then once, cause I wanted to prepare the show because it was like a two hour long show or like an sure. hour long show, at least hour and a half. Um, and then we had to prepare topics, at least like five topics. And then on top of that, we had the guest, And then I had to prepare questions for the guests as well. And then after that, I had to edit at least five different videos in my mind. I had to at least make five different clips that were at least 10 minutes long. So I had to make sure during the show that we had 10 minute clips that I could post five this is kind of a lot of extra behind the scenes shit, <laughs> but I had to post like five clips a day, every day, every week. Um, and then it started to like get better and better, but it was not going as fast as I would have liked it, I guess. Yeah. So I wanted to kind of go in a different direction. What kind of like, what were some of the lessons that you kind of took from it? Cause it was definitely not your average um, esports talk show, let's say, right. It was definitely something a little different kind of bringing people in kind of being that, you know, dare I say boisterous kind of loud personality that you, you kind of like dial it up to a hundred that yeah, you know, it's exciting. Right. So what yeah. were some of the things that you kind of, you know, took from it? That- 
the the biggest takeaway was I got, well, I mean, I, I learned a lot of how to speak a little bit better maybe. Okay. Um, but second, I mean, the biggest thing is I just realized how fucking shitty and scummy news reporting is, dude. Jesus, fuck. That was, I feel as I'd never want to cover news again, I don't think, unless it's something like I want to. Because, like, even covering the Sinatra shit, even covering, um, I don't know, people fucking dying, people, people yeah. being freaking, uh, I don't know, the R, I don't want to say the R word, but, like, sure, sure, sure. you know, bad people, bad shit. And you're pretty much profiting off of that kind of like, it's not like maybe not direct. Yeah. It just feels gross. Like, it's just like, then I go and watch the fucking news and I'm like, damn dude, these people are covering people fucking dying daily. And I'm like, you guys are fucking sick. I don't know. (laughs) Like I feel, I feel so bad doing that. Does it feel Um, a little bit like, I don't know, like you're contributing to drama a little bit. If you're covering stuff like that a little bit, you know, a little bit, that kind of feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and it's not necessarily that fun, to be honest. Um, but, I mean, you know, it's what people like, I guess, in our space. And, you know, realistically, if I was going to cover drama, I probably should have been covering fucking Kanye West or something like that, or, like, actual celebrities, maybe. You know, maybe not, like, esports right. people. Because the esports space, I mean, I talked to Jake Lucky in his show, Esports Talk. Yeah. And he was saying that, you know, this, this job really isn't that glamorous. You know what I'm saying? Like, even his thing, his channel has, like, multiple millions of views, and it's not that, like glamorous or whatever for his situation so and i'm like damn bro you kind of do a lot of covering of not so fun shit and talking about people that you don't give a shit about every day <laughs> they fucking just... did that about me they released an episode about yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, i saw that recently they, I, I fucking hate that by the way i wanted to i don't know if i mean i, I don't know if I, if I even could but i wanted to like fucking copy strike them or some shit to be like take, don't you they used a fucking photo of me which I'm, yep. I guarantee they wouldn't have had permission to do and all this kind of stuff. But like, you got to fucking take my name off that shit. Basically, I'm not going to... This is not about me. I'm not I'm not going to get too deep into it. But yeah, they they did an episode on me where like, um, mm. you know, I, I, I... During one of my casts in Valorant, I was like, had some negative critique towards certain players when they were playing poorly. And then some, you know, some dudes took that to Twitter. It was like, oh, your caster said blah, blah, blah about me and complaining. And then that somehow turned into a thing that uh, Esports Talk wanted to cover. And I was like, what the fuck? And then that turned into a thing that Richard Lewis then covered, where he was like, oh, Valorant, oh, yeah. Valorant Pros are crybabies <laughs> part two. And you So it was a bit of back and forth on that. But um, yeah, uh, hey. I was just like, like, how the fuck are they even coming after me? Like what... You you guys must have a slow week. You guys got a slow fucking week of no esports. Well, it's news always it's always slow. Like, kind of generate. Yeah. They're trying to generate some drama out of a literal molehill. Like there's like such little. It, it's such a small thing, and then then you know they, these are people trying to make mountains or molehills, and it's just trying to do it for the content. And part of me is like thinks it's absolutely fucking disgusting, and the part, other part of me is like, I respect the grind. I mean, I, I understand like you, they're trying to they're trying to fucking squeeze blood mm-hmm. out of stones here just to get anything out there because it's so desperate for content. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's equally me being disgusted, also equally me being respecting the grind. So I didn't end up. I was just like, fuck it, I'm not gonna do anything about this. I'm just gonna let it sit. People forget about it, and then we'll move on. Um, uh, for anyone that after listening to this wants to, is, is obviously going to be curious about it and about to hit the Google search up on YouTube trying to find it. Um, they didn't talk to me at all, but it's, it's a lot of BS in there anyway. And they're basically just pandering to the pros who complain on Twitter. Uh, if you want to get the real juice, go to the Richard Lewis's content about Valorant Crybabies instead. That's, that's the real shit. Um, enough about me it's not about me here um yeah i to be honest though i i respected what you did with your show and i liked i, I was obviously on your show and you know you had me as a guest one time and i'm like i gotta get you back on as a guest you know when when i got a, a some sort of show going on obviously join this one 
uh, and then we finally got year one. But I enjoyed the content yeah, you were yeah. doing. I do, I do. I got to say though, it, it did seem like you had a high. It would probably lead to a high tendency to potentially burn out because you were doing it so often. You were doing so much <clears> of the show, and I was maybe concerned. Like, bro, you're trying to do this every single day of the week. This is going to be tough. Um, if you were yeah, only, if you yeah. were only doing it once or twice, or maybe even maximum three times a week, I'd be like, yo, that's already a lot of work. But you try to do it every day. I was like, damn, that is gonna potentially burn you out if you're not careful. Yeah, I just I just wanted to make it a, a full time job, I guess, because I mean, and at a time like I guess maybe it comes in waves. Like the way I work, I kind of like I'm a very all in type of person. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just yeah. kind of like either I go full hundred and then I just burn out for a little bit. You know what I mean? That's just kind of how it is. I don't know. Can't really do much about it. I, you know, I've tried, but um, generally, like, like for that show, I think I started in January, and then it kind of sputtered out in July, and then I was doing, like, it was pretty much, like, 10 hour a day every day for, the weekends were, like, maybe down to, like, three hours while I was editing or whatever. Mm. Um, seven day it was week definitely right a lot of work. A seven-day week right yeah. there you just described. Fuck it now. Well, that, yeah, that's why we had to take a week off every now and again. But um, yeah, it's, and, and like you said, I mean, you when you cover esports, you're really just like trying to squeeze like stones or whatever. Is that the saying? Squeeze stones, squeeze blood out of stones, squeeze blood out of stones. Yeah, it's it's not exactly. It was fucking hard because like you don't have many news sources. There's just not enough reporting. There's not enough interest. There's not enough whatever. Um, in, in, in esports, like if you compare it to the NBA or whatever, like you just have the most pettiest of petty drama that is yeah. just posted there every day. And it just works because everybody wants to talk about it. Cause it's easy to talk about. I don't know. You, you have something to talk about. You, it, at least even if it's shitty, mean, meaningless shit, people care yeah. about it. And that's all that fucking matters. You know, people care about Dr. Disrespect. People care about, uh, XUC people care about uh-huh. uh, I think Ninja if he's being toxic you yeah. know <laughs> like, you could definitely do it like a solid weekly show or solid like twice a week kind of show where you can go over all that kind of stuff you probably run out of topics quick if you try to do one daily just because there just isn't enough going on especially if you're going to head into the yeah. season um, I just feel like you don't you won't get to where you want to be as fast as you want to if you do it that way you know what I'm saying like that was the way I looked at it I guess like probably. I really wanted to get there as fast as possible I guess makes sense Yo, content creation is an interesting one though. Like it's it's one where like you yeah. could spend a long time grinding away or you can get lucky overnight with one thing blown up. It's a bit of a hit and miss, you know. You don't uh, for sure. No one's got the blueprint on it, unfortunately. So I don't know. I think uh yeah. it's it's one of those things you have to be like in it for the long grind, that's for sure. Um Yeah. So full respect to anybody on that grind, hundred percent. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. So what's next, man? So you're you're just having fun streaming and playing games for now or what? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Halo right now has been really fun. I think I'm going to make some content about Halo. Um, I don't know. I'm just... Uh, we got some ideas. I got some new content stuff. I am I got a green screen. I got the the cat, the little Elgato one. I don't know if you're okay. using that. I got, I got that one. I got yeah. some lights. Um, just because that one was cheap, it was like three hundred bucks. A good green screen setup costs like five grand or something. I'm not paying five grand for nah, a freaking good nah, green. Nah, screen. Nah, nah, <laughs> like don't do that. Hell no. Yeah. So yeah, I'm getting that. I'm gonna like, I don't know, walk around on the map or some shit. I have some fucking stupid oh, ideas. Yeah. All right, I try them out. You know, you give, them, give them a blow. That's it. Seems interesting. I think just from the what you've shown publicly, and even you know with your time in Overwatch League, I think you'd fit in. Uh, quite nicely with some of the old, you know, Halo banter. It's definitely more personality driven. You know, I think console gaming in general in the in the states is a little bit more uh, loose, let's say. Um, and yeah, I think uh, 
I think if you wanted to, I think you could you could get your get your foot over there. Where do you guys stand on the uh, on on keyboard uh, on, on controllers being skillless? What are you guys think about that? Skillless. <laughs> uh, <I, laughs> Skillless, yeah, man. It's yeah, definitely yeah. not well, skillless, but it's it's. I think it's just like a traditional thing. It's just like that's just how the game was played forever. That's just how things are just going to continue to go. Yeah, I think the keyboard and mouse would be a little bit more interesting <clears throat> to see, but yeah, it's it's Halo, it's Call of Duty, Dude, it's going to be on a controller. Okay, here's guys. the thing. Come here's on. the thing. There's a lot of console esport. There's a lot of console games out there, and and games that are just naturally console. When talking mm-hmm. about competitive titles here now, console esports that are born out of that because most of the player base is is a console player base anyway. That's why you have your yep. Call of Duties. Halo is a hundred percent in that in that area as well. Um, what I like to see potentially some cross play in the esports, similar to, like because I don't know if you guys are re- aware, but Apex Legends has cross play in their esports and ALGS. You can play on either you know co- controller or mouse and keyboard in the same. Lobby. Is there like a dominance either side? Well, no. Is there like you, oh my god, like what, the controller is just like well, actually, smash everybody? Interestingly enough, it's pretty balanced. Uh, there are teams that want to have... Okay. A, most teams want to have an equal amount of both controller and uh, most people <laughs> play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's huh. because um, hey, there's there's certain advantages for playing controller. There's certain advantages for playing mouse and keyboard in that particular game. I don't know if that exists in other games, but in Apex, that's um, that's the truth. And, you know, that's something I've been learning as well because I started getting into uh, yeah. casting um, Apex. I was doing some ALGS, so it's a new game I branched into. Um well, yeah, I just asked that by the way because I mean I don't take a side here, um, <laughs> but I was saying like because I have part of part of the you know Halo community now because I'm trying to break into I have to put that on my keyboard and mouse player right mm. so people come into chat and they're like uh, they just start shit talking controllers yeah. or something like that you know what I mean just because really? you just because you auto, just, yeah just because you put your keyboard and mouse player like ah man these skillless controller players is it cross right? play Jesus, by the way dude. is it cross play by the way. I think the more used one is crossplay. That's what I'm playing in. I'm, I'm top 500 in it right now. Oh shit! Um, right in crossplay. Yeah, but it's also. I mean, yeah, I just don't know. If, I don't because the other mode is called the crossplay. Is you can queue with as many people as you want, so you can queue up to four, like whatever. Queue or whatever. Yeah, and then and then the other one. There's two rank queues. The other rank queue is for keyboard and mouse only, and then also controller only, and that's solo queue slash duo queue only. Okay. But I don't think people play that one so, as much, so, so I'm avoiding that one. So you're top 500 in, in crossplay? In crossplay, yeah. So okay. I play against controller players. I do get shit on. I do get fucking shit on. But I also have moments, too, where it's not that bad. So, mm. it, you know, I can't tell. Like, that's what I was talking about. Like, I, I didn't play too much Apex, and I know controller players are... Keyboard mouse players can play, uh, play not controller players in Apex. Um, it's kind of the same. I'm not going to complain about it because it's just how it is. Um, but there's like some balanced things. I think the devs made it so if you crack the shield, this is a little bit tough, like more in depth with Halo specifically. But if you crack the shields of an enemy with a controller, you actually lose your aim assist. You actually lose your aim oh, assist, really? um, and it goes like your dead zone gets all just stays the same or mm. something like that or whatever mm. is what you call it. So I don't know if that necessarily is that helpful to be honest, because like I still get fucking bum fucked by yes. uh, controller players in close range. But you know, long range, I have a chance and. If I don't know, you can still out movement people. I, There's a lot of crazy movement and stuff. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I that have heard. I have heard that um, controller is better for close range combat and worse for long range combat or medium to long range. Because medium to long range, your mouse you can get real precise with the small movements, but in close mm-hmm. range, you that uh, that aim assist kicks in a little bit, you know, harder, and you can you can sort of 
be able to more easily track plays. This is just what I hear from people in the Apex circuit. I don't know if this is true for Halo, but that's why people have uh, so, like the controller meta in Apex because of, of well, close-range battles. What's really cool, I think, the, to describe to your point, Avril, is that some weapons are actually better on keyboard and mouse, and some weapons are actually better on controller. Right. So, like, the ones that you need to hit every shot with in, like, our automatic guns, like the AR, the Commando, these guns are actually really, really good on controller. But they're fucking ass on mouse and keyboard <laughs> because you can't hit every shot on, 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 a, on a tracking gun. It's just not really that possible. I don't know how to explain it. It's just not possible to hit every shot and especially hit every headshot or whatever, too, with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that, that, like, those guns aren't as good. But the shotguns are actually kind of better on mouse and keyboard because you just all you need to kill a controller player is just one shot in a melee or whatever, and you can be kind of precise, and you can be, you can I don't know, jump around them. You can do stupid shit around a controller player to confuse them or something to to kill them and to get a one shot as well. So some of the shotguns are better. Like the bulldog, I don't think is that good for controller players, but it's actually pretty good for mouse and keyboard players. And the sniper also, for example, is good for uh, mouse and keyboard players. Um, and but the like the stalker rifle and some of the other guns aren't as good. Because okay. it's just like, I don't know, it's just weird to use. There's a lot of interesting mechanics. Um, I'll touch on it one more and we can move on from Halo. But um, the movement in the game is fucking awesome. Just because there's this thing that I like to call power sliding. It's not really coined yet by anybody. Um, where you, I mean, in other games, I'm sure they've had it too in other Halos. Yeah. You basically just jump down, you get like a massive speed boost, you can go crazy and you can confuse controller players. It's kind of cool. I don't know. That's pretty Justin much it. Bauman's trademark power sliding. So this is tech, sure. Coined um, yeah, I, well, no, but if a pro comes with a better term, I'm sure it'll you, be. Like if, if, right, yeah. Have you paid any attention to HCS, Halo Championship Series, in the esports? I only watched the Optic. Uh, what are those? Was it? it was the finals, or yeah. was Up it the, the finals of the qualifiers? Optic Cloud Nine, I think, is when you talk about. Optic Cloud Nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Renegade was fucking insane. Pistola was insane. They they have a lot of very good talented Pistola's players. Been at it forever. He's yeah. been. He's been fucking well, Halo do you, true and through. Uh, do you like their esports so far? I mean, uh, do you, what do you see? I don't like watching it. No, I don't, you don't like, like watching, watching it. it. <laughs> no, that's what I was telling you. I was like, I like controller players on fucking Call of Duty because they yeah. look like they're actually doing something and running around. I watch these Halo players. They're just playing the slowest sensitivity. They play on fucking, they just sit on the back of the maps. They fucking play like it's grandmas. It's pretty slow. And I'm like, bro. If if I'm watch if I watched a controller if I watched a mouse and keyboard player play this I would be more interested just straight mm-hmm. up like I, just as a viewer and maybe I'm biased for sure and I'm not like I'm not dissing controller players I think it's they're cool like I love fucking Call of Duty controller players Apex controller players I think are just fine too I don't think they're being grandmas and I just see these Halo players and I'm just kind of bored I don't want to watch it I don't want to watch these guys slowly turn and play like a fucking game reviewer <laughs> for IGN you know what I'm saying like that's just boring to me. <laughs> Game review for IGN. That's uh, yeah. It's just boring to me, bro. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. Like is that because of ball. Halo though? Is Halo just that kind of game, like where you know it is kind I of? I think that definitely is part of shooter. it. But there, there's a lot of setting up. There's a lot of like just trying to put as many shots downrange in yeah, holding yeah, yeah, power yeah. positions. But to to Dustin's point, you know, there there would be a little bit more dynamic viewing experience if you had keyboard and mouse. You know, you've right. got kids fucking grappling, hooking around, doing jump shots. You know, what I think that people don't realize with a lot of the older Halo pros is they play on like some dog low sensitivities. Like it's they like do. Yeah. it's 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 real real low, so they're not really moving the screen all that much. The game also doesn't play that well 
to be that like hyper dynamic. So it's I think the the game modes themselves could. I like what they did with oddball, not to get completely too into it, but um, yeah, I think they're they're on the right track and I'm, and I'm excited to oh. see Halo. Oh, you seven back in. That's what I was talking about. You can get kind of crazy with the Volmo. You can get kind of crazy, bro. Like you, that's what that's what I was saying. This is where I'm getting my advantage in in uh, in rank. Is that I fucking just do these power slides like everywhere. Mm-hmm. I just be this cringy fucking dude that nobody <laughs> else is doing this shit. Even the pro players, they're just they're like, I don't want to do this for every angle, bro. I don't want to do this over here. And you just fucking fly at this off angle into their face, and these controller players are like, they're like, fucking, they can't make it because so, they're too yeah, old and rusty. Yeah. yeah, I think the reason why I asked you about the esports is is more so yeah. along the lines of like, do you think HCS has longevity? Do you think, or not even HCS? Do you think Halo has longevity as an esports title? And do you think HCS is is like a as an esports league has the kind of you know attention, uh, the viewer base and the fan base to kind of be a big thing? To be honest, uh, I don't know, and I don't really care because. <laughs> The game is so fucking fun, dude. Like, it's one of those games that's just, like... I haven't had this much fun playing an FPS since fucking 2016 Overwatch came out. Like, I... Like, it's just fun to play. Like, I don't care how long it lasts. I did the same thing with uh, with Doom. When Doom 2016 came out, I thought it was the... I was fucking popping off. I never played Quake, so I didn't get experience Quake when I was younger. So I played Doom, and I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. I'm actually good at this game. Everybody play it. Nobody fucking played it. Everybody was telling me, like, this game's gonna die. You should switch to Overwatch. This game's gonna die. You should switch to Overwatch. Like no, Doom 2016 is gonna be a big multiplayer game, and no. uh, you know it, it died. So yeah, but it was a lot of fun, and I just uh, I kind of like living in the moment where things are fun and enjoyable, and I don't okay. really care about the future. You right? Because okay. I, I I think you know as we as we move the conversation back to Overwatch, as all of you are wondering, you know why we spent 30 minutes talking about Halo instead of Overwatch is well, that was 30 minutes shit, i don't dude. know i'm just making up a number in my game <laughs> i'm just i'm okay. being hyperbolic about it on purpose as um you know like because I, I think i get what you're saying like this the game is i personally i've 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 seen a lot of gameplay um i've I'm a, i want to get into i'm gonna get into playing it soon real soon because like i'm looking for some new games to play as well because i'm bored oh it's free it's i know free. it's free Try i've got it. it downloaded i just haven't i just haven't loaded up i just haven't oh. like because right, right. i've i've been having to grind like other games and you know watch vods and do stuff yeah. in Apex because I'm currently doing stuff in that in that uh, in that esport. But um, yeah, so moving back to more Overwatch related discussion. Now you you kind of mm-hmm. noted that playing Halo now feels a bit like Overwatch on release. It's got that fresh feeling. Um, bro, Overwatch oh ain't fresh God. right now, but we're hoping Overwatch Two could be. Uh, do you have any? I I wonder what do we want to talk about first. I guess we talk about Overwatch Two first before we talk about the the league next year or anything like that. But you've been sort of yeah. keeping up. I assume you've been somewhat keeping up with the news or lack thereof surrounding Overwatch 2, maybe some of the uh, the Blizzard stuff as well, with some more articles coming through and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, the, the big oh, news yeah, for Overwatch yeah. 2 is the delay. Uh, there's not been a date associated with the delay, but most people are assuming 2023, even though the community manager, Andy B, would, you know, wants to come out and say it's, uh, it's not guaranteed to be 2023. I, I think it's still more than likely either going to be extremely late next year or it definitely is going to be 2023. So where is your brain at in terms of Overwatch 2? Wow, where's your guy's brain at? Uh, <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's I, like, know, I, I mean, don't have a lot of thoughts, but I, you know, I want to kind of get yours first and then we can dive into this okay. properly. This was a real meat right. potatoes kind of topic. I don't know. I mean, like, I'm expecting... The, the way I see it is that, like, in, in due time... I'm sure Overwatch 2 will be fun enough to make content about, and I'm sure it'll be good enough for at least a year to make some good content about and enjoy 
Um, uh, that's my perspective, you know, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I think the game will be good enough to enjoy for a little bit. My only worry is that during the play tests where all the pros tried the game out in five versus five, there was a resounding meh. Yeah. That was the, that yeah. was the response was a resounding meh. Like, that's not good. I'm Can not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Because why, you know, speculatively, I'm not saying why in terms of, oh, this is what they were tr- really saying or what they really think. Just from my perspective of looking at all that and, and seeing the responses, I think the game that we have currently in terms of that 5 5 playtest is like, it's it's bare bones. There's nothing there. You are, you are literally just playing. It feels like you're playing a watered down version of the current 6v6 game because it's not actually yeah, yeah, built and put together uh you have half like a bunch of characters apparently were not playable because they were still under reworks for example i think sigma and orissa <clears throat> were not a playable um and then you're playing maybe one new map but even then like i think people don't who cares about the map content that, that's like the lowest uh, in terms of the tiers of content that people care about i right? really want new heroes and that kind of stuff uh none of the new heroes were in there obviously because they haven't they don't want to show any of that yet so you literally play and look at like a watered down Overwatch One game, which is why you get those clips that uh, have been retweeted and put around the internet a bunch of times. XQC saying, "Oh, it's the same game." We're like, well, he's not wrong. He is kind of generalized, but he's also not wrong because like what you're seeing is not new or exciting at all. But also, I don't think that's the real Overwatch Two product. That's just like a shitty preview. Yeah, and they kind of had to, I guess. I guess, I guess they were kind of, they kind of had to be in that position to do that, right? Because yep. people were wondering where it is. It's that, or you don't do anything. It's that, or you just say, "No, we got nothing to show." Yeah. And part yeah, of me, and then you're yeah. part of me almost thinks maybe it is. It would be better for them to do to to show nothing. But I know if they don't show anything, people will be like, "What the fuck are you doing? How? What are you yeah. working on? What have you done?" You know. It's tough. Yeah, we're currently in. I mean, this is like a. I guess it's just an internet thing and society thing is that you kind of need to put out something. Even if it's shit, you got to put out something. No, it's definitely not something that I think Blizzard is comfortable with. And that's why I think it is so. I think it's it's something that they're kind of breaking ground with, you know, trying to showcase stuff that's way earlier than they would love to show it. They're definitely from from kind of growing up with this company. Right. I played like Starcraft and Diablo way back when. Right. Like. It, when it was ready, it was ready, and that's when you got it right. We didn't get you know play tests early. Nobody was playing these things. Sure, in StarCraft Two beta, but that was like pretty much the the finished product, barring a couple balance changes. One of the first resource. games, by the way, where I feel like you don't really have betas back in there. If, yeah. you, if you're rewinding the clock a lot here, John, it sounds like you oh. are. We're talking about growing up. Well, but- I grew up with the two. There's there was <laughs> beta. The whole context of like a playable beta was not. Yeah. Thing. True. True. StarCraft and was one of the first in my memory, but anyway. Agreed. And and that's that's something that I think the company as 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 a whole has just been like slow to adapt to is like trying to keep the the the, the pop culture interest, trying to keep the, the you know the, the zoomers on board a little bit, trying to give them something rather than just leaving them out in the dark like we used to in, in the nineties, let's say. Um and I think that what they showed, like you said, like I have to echo a lot of the same things. Like it's not there's no nothing really to it. I think Maybe even the play test might have been a mistake just because it is such like a, like you said, Dustin, it's kind of meh, right? Like it's cool. Bastion has a hat, man. Well, they can't like show Sombra nothing, looks kind of interesting. They can't show nothing, Well, you, you, you can show, but you don't have to let him play. I think that's where I would probably mince the, but, uh, the execution a little bit. I don't think they can do that because like then you've got 
nothing. Like, you're still... You're still just blue-balling the entire audience. I don't know. You, you, got, you just don't have anything at that stage. Uh, the truth is, I, I don't think it was... It's probably not ready to play. It just it's oh, It was exactly, too yeah. bare-bones. But at the same time, I think if you do nothing, it's it's kind of fucked up. What, what I can tell right now is that it just looks like they're really far behind schedule. And uh, that, mm. that seems like the objective truth to me. Because if it wasn't true, then they wouldn't have to delay. The only reason you would delay is if you're behind schedule. That's, that's yeah. 100% truth. So, yeah, they... They... It's this entire thing feels extra shit because I'm sure that pre-COVID in 2019 at BlizzCon when they announced Overwatch 2, they would have had at least some sort of a soft date in their mind. I'm sure Blizzard, even with their whole "when it's done, it's done" kind of thing, you know, mm. they'll they'll have that mantra. But at the same time, in your mind, or at least when you're talking about the executive level, you're talking about leadership, and even if that's just within Overwatch leadership, there is still like a soft timeline in your brain because when it's done, it's done. When it's done, is not like an infinite thing, you know. When we're not, we're not. You're not going into twenty years of development here. Yes, it's not, we're not taking the piss. It, it, there's still a soft deadline somewhere. I don't care if that's five years, ten years, three years. What the, the number is there? It's somewhere there, mm-hmm. which says to me that when they announced in 2019. I don't know how long in their brains they thought it was going to take. Maybe in their mind it would have been like, yeah, we'll announce in 2019, give some updates in 2020, release by 2021. Boom, that could be it. In their mind, maybe that's it. Or maybe by 2022 at the latest. 2021 is probably when, I, I think two years after announcing, they'd already been working on it. Maybe they think they can release. But then COVID happened, the lawsuit happened, leadership left, they lost Jeff, they lose Charco, they lose all these different people within the studio and all this kind of stuff. And then um work from home and blah 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 and suddenly things are, are super fucking far behind and also seems like to me this is speculation now and I'll, I'll i'll admit when i'm speculating and i'll i'll say it when i think uh when i've got something real is that uh they probably started the whole 5v5 thing pretty late because it seems pretty bare bones they haven't done that much work on it uh, and that's going to delay things even further so probably we would have had a smooth transition which is ideal you have overwatch one still going maybe people have a couple of years no updates it's not fun but cool 2021 this year ideally we would have already had the game on our hands and it's all chill we're cool overwatch is back but now you wait another year and maybe another two years it's like that doesn't sound cool anymore but that's what happens to the world of delays and i'm just trying to in my mind wrap my head around how the timeline works uh, of of agree, where we got yeah. to this point yeah, well, and Bl- I mean, Blizzard, uh, like, customers and, and fans are always, you know, going to be, like, big into Blizzard games, to be honest. You know, mm-hmm. like, they're, I'm sure they'll get rehyped for it, although they are losing, they are bleeding fans, I'm sure, with that, well, everything that's going on. But, like, to, to Valma's point uh, earlier, I mean, like, especially, especially Overwatch fans, Overwatch fans have no patience. I'm sure as you guys are pretty aware of that. Overwatch fans have, like, zero patience compared to other esports, I think, even. Like, I think that just, just, just how the game works they don't, nobody wants to, it's just, just how, I don't know, just how everything is with all the fancy characters, with everybody being so diverse, with all the, uh, the game mechanics being so fast paced, you know, like everything being so crazy and so, um, unique, it comes with a very unique player base that also sure. has unique needs that are very, very aggressive. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. they just want their shit now because that's how the game works too. You know what I'm saying? Like the game's <laughs> immediate, like satisfaction. You know, it's like six versus six, just if shit going on everywhere, rockets everywhere, like abilities, all there's so much shit at the same time. And that's what they like because people that play Overwatch like chaos. I don't know. So Blizzard should expect well, to get chaotic response. I don't know. Every game, <laughs> yeah, I think, I has people that want new content. Like, uh, you, you, I, there are people in, hey, I'm going to bring up Apex again because it's, it's, it's a game I'm, I'm currently in. But like people mm. in Apex, 
they like complain all the time that like oh you know games getting stale not getting enough content it's like bitch you guys are getting content all the time play overwatch for one time and you see what <laughs> you see what no content looks like um you know yeah. they complain they're caught they don't get enough content they they get new season new content new characters and weapons and you know got a new map coming out like jesus they got they got they got plenty of news so i got nothing to complain about but uh i think that's not unique to overwatch at all i think most get most live service games um have that and that's the that's the other issue is that overwatch is a is a live service game and making a sequel to a live service game doesn't happen that doesn't exist in the industry yeah, that's, tough. that's a that's a that's totally uncharted territory the only game that's kind of had to do that is destiny um but even then that's like a pve game it's very different to like a a, a pvp game yep. especially a competitive one that has an esports type we got a lot more uh going on here as far as maintenance and and um ongoing content is required for a pvp game in uh, games as a service and you know that market is so big now where you can play so many free-to-play games as service games especially fps fps ones and even like third-person shooters mm-hmm. like fortnite that you can't yeah. have a game that's just dead in the water otherwise it is literally dead in the water um yeah that's the reality so yep. right now pretty much i mean there's there's a lot of things to be excited for i think there's a lot of opportunity here for a lot of the the issues to be corrected to you know like we've kind of hinted at all show like it being a lot more dynamic having dps that really can like dominate past what we saw in overwatch one right like really kind of influence the game having tanks that are more dynamic mm. having supports that can kind of like over influence the game in some ways right That's- having new yeah. passive abilities come in having new heroes right there's a lot of things that they can do to get you know people back on you know their side bring them back into camp overwatch a little bit um but it's it's just so so much so far off in the future right like we don't have anything tangible now there's really nothing there it's back. just like i hope dude i i'm 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 very certain people will come back when overwatch 2 comes oh, out it's just it's just too far yeah. in the distance. i mean dustin what do you what do you think needs to happen here? Is it just like, I mean, the obvious would be probably what they just they just got to release the game as soon as possible, right? But like, what do you do? You have any solutions in your brain? Like, what do you want to see? Like, what do you want Blizzard to do? What do you want to see happen? I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, if I'm Blizzard, I mean they're already in full panic mode. You know, like they're mm. already they're already going through some shit. <laughs> it's like a fucking yeah. I don't know, man. They're like already contemplating suicide. You know what I mean? Like they're oh, just well, fucking. Okay. <laughs> Maybe it's not that deep. Maybe it's not that deep. <laughs> but like you know what I'm saying? I'm like like yeah, yeah, my bad, my bad. The basically, I don't know. Like it's tough to really blame them too much. You know what I mean? Like uh, that. That's the boat I'm in. Like I just yeah. kind of. Like, which I guess maybe that doesn't answer your question because your question is literally like, if I'm Blizzard, what do I do? I just gotta keep steering the ship, keep taking it in the same direction. I don't know. Yeah, that's the only way. You gotta keep getting flogged while you work on your game. Really, um, I, I do yeah. think that. I mean, there's definitely some panic in there. It's mostly about like, okay, can can they still be in a position where they can get meaningful work done despite all the mm. all the all the stuff happening around them? Uh, of which you know, I think we all want the best. We all want um, to have Blizzard being in a good place and to fix their problems and to keep making good games because they uh they need some hits they're in a really dark place as a as a company they need diablo 4 and they need overwatch 2 those are the next there's the that's the only thing thing of worth coming out very soon okay yeah they got a diablo mobile game but no one really really cares about that if they did release that soon i'm sure people would be like yay but also nah not really so 
um what they need is desperately they need diablo 4 and a watch 2 to come out immediately and I've, I've heard some talking this is kind of why part of me um want to bring up the overwatch 2 topic because we don't normally talk we haven't talked about this topic a lot on the show because normally yiska kind of dodges and doesn't really want to talk about it because it's not too in his uh, in his defense not too much to speak of but because we have a yeah. guest on and like mm-hmm. i kind of want to pick your brain a little bit about what you think about the whole overwatch 2 thing and where that's going and for us to kind of dive into it as well um yeah i mean i personally have a lot of thoughts on why everything is and how it's going and my own expectations but like it's just like you know i i i have a kind of hope am optimistic finale at the end where like it does come out and it is good just the issue is like everything between now and that stage is a, is a lot of bullshit yeah i mean i don't know the the it's the same thing in in competition um the number one thing that solves everything is winning. So as long as the game has a success when it comes out, nothing that comes before really matters. I don't know. That's that's except, really about it, right? Except people will mm-hmm. drag, you know, the skeletons out of the closet out with the release. And, you know, as far as... Yeah, like, there's nothing you can do about that. There's well, nothing you can do about that. There's not. There's only... There's, there's, there's just a lot of PR and a lot of, like, damage control you can try and do before that. The only thing that I yeah, right. would hope is that when it comes out eventually, whenever that is, is that people give it a fair shot and not try and, you know, attach all the Overwatch 1 baggage on top of it. Like, you know, give the mm. game a fair shot to be its own thing. That's the, I think that's hope. something that, that Blizzard fans in general will always do. Um, you know, I I'm, hope. you know, hello, fellow WoW addicts. I come back every WoW expansion. I play it for a month. I say that it's dog shit, and then I quit, and I come back in the next one, right? I'm a little, you know drug addict that gets my fix every year and you know i i leave it happily i think that's kind of what overwatch is kind of going to face with overwatch 2 right yeah now and then is a big gap there's a big lapse in time before today and whenever the hell that overwatch 2 kind of comes out do you think until then there's there's not much to talk about but i know damn well all all these all these people are coming back these you know the the mercy one tricks to you know the crazy cracks you know (laughs) Atlanta FPS guys, you know, it's, it's, it's a unique experience that you're really not going to find anywhere else. The fact that we're getting the new heroes, we're getting the PVE, we're getting all these new, you know, all this new stuff. You give it a celebratory kind of rollout with blizzard PR, have a little pre-show, have a launch party, a la arcane with riot. And I think we all get excited and we, we come in and I think people will give it a fair shot. I think they will give it a fair shake. It's, it's kind of, gaming I, nature to just kind of shit on it and then just actually play it be like ah, it's all right i'm not alone in thinking that like you know there is a positive future it, you know you can see course, the potential yeah. you can see you know with uh, hopefully with john specter leading the ship on the commercial side that you know hey maybe we get our own netflix show maybe we get our own x and y cool thing and <laughs> hopefully because i'm not gonna lie you guys have all seen arcane i assume dustin you've maybe seen arcane or maybe you've yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it was good it was good yeah see and you, I, I like the first act i didn't like this the other two though you're probably not even really into league of legends are you so i mean you're you're enjoying it as someone that's not even a big league, league of legends guy you're just on its own it's like a it decent piece good. of media yeah exactly yeah. um and I, there's a lot of potential because people are talking about overwatch movies and you know shorts and all that kind of stuff and we we could have had an overwatch series so easily and it doesn't even need to be like full hardcore 
wet digital or you know industrial light and magic levels of CGI. Sure, We're not looking sure. for fucking Avatar six here. Yeah, just just or Transformers. Just hire some of the porn makers to uh, make it. Sure, yeah. yeah. Do, the do, the in there. Make it. do the whole thing. Do the whole thing. No, but they do, can do. They do, do a great remember, job. You guys they remember the? Uh, they do do a good job. Um, you guys remember the? Um, I'm not talking from experience. You guys talk. You guys remember the Doomfist? <laughs> Doomfist animation, right? When they announced yeah, yeah, Doomfist, yeah. the whole that was like when real, you fuck Tracer, really. Yeah, 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 that yeah. One. yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay, sorry, sorry. Are we sorry? We talking about um, the yeah, cinematic or something else? Anyway, uh, yeah, 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 it's the one that looked very cartoony. You, not the three yes, ones. The very cartoony. The comic book like, style. Yeah, even if you did yeah. something like, even if it was in the, I actually, I thought that was one of the better things they've done. To be mm-hmm. honest with you, as far as shorts goes, but you did something of that style. I fucking watched. It looked like the old X Men animated series kind of deal. I'm like, damn, that's cool. I watched the hell yeah. out of that. Um, Overwatch has got way more. Uh, you know, I was talking to someone on my Discord about this earlier. Uh, I say earlier, like a couple of days ago or something, where um, you know, Valorant's got a lot going for it. I think the esports scene is, is granted a decent game, but like even that game has very little depth as far as the franchise and the media side goes, because it's very much a game that was developed as a game that you. It's very much like how do we make a CS clone, but then have characters and give them abilities. And then do all of that on top of like the CS clone exists first, and everything else was tacked on to justify the CS clone, right? Yeah. Whereas like you have a game like Overwatch that even on release in 2016 had so much depth and character, so much story, and so much writing, and so much like you know um, art and design in it that you could you could you have this entirely fleshed out storyline for a PvP game that felt really fresh. I think that was like a big innovation for PvP games because even back then, League of Legends was still like. I mean, the lore in League they of Legends. They still were trying a, to get their shit under. They had a lot of work to do uh, to get the League of Legends lore up to the point where you could even attempt to make an arcane. Back then, it was still it was like a mess. some summoner bullshit. Like everyone's a summoner. Uh, well, or I thought like, they what? no, I thought they like recon. They reconned all the the lore, didn't they? Yeah, they, like, did, they did. That's what he's saying. Is like they they, they were still trying to figure out what they were doing. Yeah, they had to figure out oh, the yeah. lore to make an, to make actually yeah. have a lore. I thought because it was a bit of a it originally just started as like League of Legends was just like. Oh yeah, you have ten summoners on this map, and you you summon a champion, and that was the lore. And then they realized that's kind of bad, so they just kind of get rid of that. They're like, that's not actually very good lore at all. So they hired some real riders and did some real good stuff until you get to the point where R can exist. But like Overwatch started day one on release with mm-hmm. like a shit and load the, of like, was a great writing. You know, we could have yep. had all this a, a long ass time ago. Yeah, we got we got Legos with. instead though. Yeah, yeah, we got it. We got a Reaper Nerf gun. I mean, fuck it. Like, you, you take those. That. You take those. I don't. I don't. I don't think those are bad. But like, you gotta you no, gotta take course, that further. You need more than that. We should we could have yes. gone we should have gone and and can still go way further than well, that. You know you know what you know what's funny is it, it might have not worked out though. Too. I mean we we think it could have yeah, but like also, I mean Dota two had a Netflix series too, right? They had yeah. uh, Dragonborn, Dragon, Dragon Blood, Blood, I think so. Dragon Blood, yeah. yeah and, and I mean people were talking about Arcane saying it's the most like original game show whatever it's like not original, ever it's and original. it's or not original, but they were they were like it's the biggest. You know, yeah, recently yeah. number one. On it Netflix. is the biggest. That, that yeah. Dota, that Dota thing, like they just pretty much did what Arcane did, but I guess worse. worse. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. well, I don't know because and here's the thing: marketing works, folks. Uh, and Dota did yeah. very Valve did very little marketing for Dragon's Blood. Um, and also, I think uh, by the Dota people are not going to like me saying this, but like League of Legends is a more popular and b um, probably more beloved of a franchise as far as characters and stuff go like i think dota has very little in terms of fleshed out lore and storylines at least right no, 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 no. dota's dota's great dude okay if you ever watch her action slacks if you ever go into yeah, his yeah, yeah. uh I went into his whole binge yeah his, what was it called it's like deep dive of dota or something like that like mm-hmm. his the lore in dota is great 
it may just not be as like I guess maybe family friendly or something, or it's just like darker. You know what sure. I mean? It's got like a weirder, more. It's more magic, I guess. Maybe League of Legends is more realistic. As stupid as that sounds, like as like a okay. as like a setup. You know what I'm maybe, saying? Uh, yeah, yeah. kind of. I'm just saying like uh, the marketing for League of Legends for Arcane was like way fucking up there. The whole their whole world championship, their entire yeah. esports was yeah. like the right XRKane marketing for the damn show. You know, their entire they got it in fucking Fortnite. It's ceremony. in Aim Labs. Opening ceremony had all the arcane yeah. stuff, and they the the theme song for Worlds this year plus was was also played with it, and they had all these all this all these songs and stuff made for arcane and oh yeah by the way if anyone doesn't realize this but you notice the specific release dates of arcane oh. yeah they happened after the world championships they could use the world championships to promote that shit that was deliberate in case no one worked that and, out and avril project l just got just came out recently after arcane became a big hit these dudes yeah. just fucking roll it forward consistently riot does like yeah, they know what they're doing they know what they're doing they're an algorithm bro they're not real yeah. they're and just also, like an algorithm <laughs> that's doing what they're doing i don't know it works hey that shit works what i'm saying is like this is this is all stuff that exists where like you know it, it in my opinion shouldn't be i'm generalizing here maybe i'm simplifying it too much but like blizzard could definitely do a lot of the stuff and probably should have done a lot of the stuff already mm-hmm. and, and can still just we we need our hit we need our overwatch to to come back and um allow that to happen because uh right now you just Overwatch One, there's nothing there, and I don't know if, if I don't know if anyone here has any ideas or any like notes for what could happen in our current game. But in my opinion, it's probably not a lot that can happen for Overwatch yeah. One. You can't really do much with this game right now, except for just keep doing these little events. You know, they had the whole uh, the the whole Cassidy renaming event with the with the the new skin they just did in Overwatch. That's about all we got. We had our Junkenstein's okay. Revenge for the fifth time as well. So I mean recently and it feels probably, counterproductive get, to do anything probably going to get another christmas event but it's just yeah. going to be a couple it's just going to be some new yeah, skins a couple skins it. yep yeah which is which is great i think that people still want to come and collect those because I, if memory serves i think those all kind of transition over in overwatch 2 in the multiplayer side um but yeah it feels counterproductive to want to have stuff with the base game but also still want overwatch 2 to get out faster like I get wanting to have your cake and eat it too, but I think that it's better for everybody if we just kind of put full steam ahead with Overwatch 2, no? Because you can't develop two games at once in this kind of way with one team. You would still need a development team. Unless you want more maps. Unless you still have a development team for Overwatch 1, but if you still have a development team for Overwatch 1, you might as well put those people in Overwatch 2. Like, what the hell are they doing on Overwatch 1? Um, You might as well get your next game out faster. The, The whole problem with Overwatch 2. Is not that it exists. I don't mind that there is an Overwatch show. I think some people do mind, and I, I see their reasoning, and I don't dislike them for it. I, I think that's totally justified. Because um, mm. the first time I heard about Overwatch 2, that you guys all remember when you were where you were when you first heard the rumor and the leak about Overwatch yeah, 2. Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking, like, that's bullshit. Why would there be an Overwatch 2? Like, there's no way they'll make an Overwatch 2. That sounds so stupid. Why would you ever make a sequel for a live for a, a games as a service live game? You would just update your live game. Why would you make a sequel, right? That's my thinking. But then, you know, I realized... If they're really going to fix some of the more underlying issues with Overwatch 1 and its gameplay, in my opinion, yeah, they kind of need to do a lot of work there. Maybe they don't need a sequel. Maybe they can still introduce it in some big-ass patches, but mm-hmm. um, they want to do it through a sequel where they're doing a big PvE thing as well. And I'll get your takes on this as well, because my one of my, my your thoughts on this take I have, but I have an opinion that if you looked at the whole PvE side of Overwatch 2 and what they have planned and just to lay it out there... So we're clear on the same page. They want to do like mm. a full fleshed out co-op campaign. I don't know how many levels, but you'd have to be a decent amount. 
um and then they want to do this kind of replayable hero missions where you go back to the different maps and you play through different missions and level up all your different heroes and go through the skill trees right it's supposed to be super replayable they want to have this entire thing now when you look at a lot of pve games out there uh simple comparisons would be like the left for deads and the recently had back for bloods and all the left for dead clones out there that's all it mm. is that their entire game is literally just what is described in, in what yep. i said of the pve section of overwatch 2 so based on that if they were to release they being blizzard here simply made a new game that was just the pve content they planned for overwatch 2 and they said here's your new game i don't think anyone would complain and i think everyone would be like wow that's a that's a brilliant new game well done blizzard that's a full new game but because you attach it to the Overwatch IP and you say, hey, this is Overwatch 2, people are like, well, that's just an expansion. That's that's a take that I have. And people have this kind of like weird thing in their brain about it where like they downplay the content in yeah. Overwatch 2 because it's a part of, because like in their opinion, it's just like, it's stuff they, they just should have added to Overwatch 1 and therefore they don't see it as a new game. What, what I'm saying is when I look at the amount of content, the amount of work that needs to go into it, it basically is them developing a new game which is why they're developing a new game because it takes as much right. fucking time and effort as you would if you just made a new game. It's kind of why they're packaging it the way that they are, right? Yeah. Um I think I, I don't hate that kind of line of logic. I I still think there's something to the idea that like the messaging from Team 4's perspective has been like more and more resources over the years since like 2017 has been moved over to this new title if you want to kind of call it that. They've been very open in saying that you know they've been working on overwatch 2 for so long that i feel like people have this like resentment where it's just like well we haven't gotten any updates everything's been slow we haven't yet seen any new heroes all we do all we keep getting is these fucking ffa maps that nobody wants and now we're kind of just half we're just stuck waiting and the game that we love is just kind of left on its ass and we're just kind of waiting for this new thing um i think that has to be part of it right yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, like specifically, I, it's tough because the PVE section that Avril's talking about, mm. I just, I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's some games that have done it well, and what Overwatch is trying to do, I guess. Um, like we, he mentioned Left 4 Dead, um, but like Outlander, is it Outlander Outlast? Out, no, I think it's called Outlanders. Um, that game was good. Mm. But, Outriders. Yeah. Outriders, fucking forgot the name because the company did a, such a shit job with it. But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know if it's gonna really if it's like that great of a genre in itself for sure. Like I thought, like when I was playing, like I was saying, Outlanders. <laughs> it was uh, like that was a fun game. Outriders, fuck, man. <laughs> Whatever. It I, is. Listen, I gotta use the restroom. Okay, I gotta take it. I gotta use the restroom, bro. It's, it's killing me right now. Um, I don't know. Like I just don't think it's gonna be that exciting of a, of, of a genre in itself, to be honest. But. Mm. When I was playing that game, I was excited. I was like, oh, shit, I want to play Overwatch 2 already. Let's get going. And yeah. then a month goes by, and you're like, damn, I'm out of content. <laughs> no yeah, more much. To, no more game. Which, and, is, which is why you attach that to a PvP experience, and you'll you'll have a game that you, is super replayable. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Co-op PvE games always have an expiry date in, in, in how much it can retain its audience, because... At the end of its, at the end of the day, you run out of content and you you finish everything. You're done. I'm playing Back for Blood. I finished all of Nightmare, and a, a less than one percent of people have finished Nightmare, and I've I've done it, and I'm fin- like I've nothing else left to do in that game. Um, yeah. and so like you know, the only reason Left 4 Dead 2 is still quote unquote alive today is because the PvP campaign portion of it is still there where you play against other players. So that that's what keeps PvP is what keeps games alive at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Charge Infinite replayability. Right. Yep. Dustin. Dude. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I gotta use the restroom. I'm gonna, dude. Go, I'm gonna give you permission <laughs> to use the restroom while Joe and I do Thank something, you, and Thank then you, we're sir. gonna and then we're gonna talk about our watch league. Yeah, yeah, okay, let's do that. Sorry. No, you're good. Hey, I don't want to ruin the, the damn show because I got no, 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 no. I got a tiny bladder, dude. I've always been. <laughs> my teammates always complain, dude, in the mansion. They're like, dude, you got such a tiny bladder. Stop going to the bathroom every fucking hour. <laughs> yeah, there, it it happens. People have caught me, you know, skipping away. I gotta. I gotta piss every once in a while. Done it one you know? time only, but I've got I've gotten really good. Yeah. And if you've seen, I've been drinking water the entire. I only have drunk some in a hot second too. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think some of the I I wanted to spell some of the things that have been said out there as well. Uh, mm. It's just to finish up the Overwatch two discussion because I, there've been other sure. yeah, there's been other things that have come out where people are talking about Overwatch two prominent in the community where they you know people's specific takes and. Some of it out there, that I I don't necessarily agree with. For example, oh yeah, they should be adding content to Overwatch One as they're doing Overwatch Two, which, as you described, Joe, is literally having your cake and eating it too. Because yeah. if you're doing that, you are literally splitting time between Overwatch One production, and Overwatch Two production, which slows down Overwatch Two production, and also you're not getting enough done in Overwatch One in the first place, uh, unless both teams are fucking humongous, right? Unless you have like a real skeleton crew in Overwatch yeah. Two and you're developing Overwatch One still heavily, but then. Why would you do that when you can just develop Overwatch 2 quicker? The, the, obviously, the most like optimal thing to do is just to release Overwatch 2 faster and then have everyone and then you all work on Overwatch 2 content post-release. That's yep. what it's supposed to be. The only issue is that the team keeps downsizing because they keep losing people. They keep losing key staff as well and high-level staff. And then, you know, multiple things have slowed down production on Overwatch 2 significantly. And so this is why we are here where we are. And if you remove... Uh, personnel from that team to work on Overwatch 1, well, you're just slowing things down even further. And so, you know, it's slow enough as a damn is. You you really can't afford to slow down any further is my take on that. So I just don't, I don't get, I, I understand, but I also don't agree. And I also don't think it's realistic to expect that yep. Blizzard can continue working on Overwatch 1 while we're making Overwatch 2. It, it simply cannot happen. 100%. And I, and I know that there's a lot of livelihoods on the line. You look at pro players, you look at content creators. Yeah, it fucking blows. Like, I, I feel your pain. I know you're coming from a good place, but um, I, I think we're cutting our nose off in spite of our face if we're trying to rush out, you know, both the game that we're waiting for and then also splintering off those resources to try and revamp Overwatch yeah. 1 or give it a facelift, right? It, it just seems and a little naive. The other take I want to dispel is, you know, uh, if there is an opinion to just say like, oh, you know, just release 5v5 now just put in overwatch one now it's like well no you can't that literally cannot happen because yeah. 5v5 as it is based on what we saw from the preview at the overwatch league grand finals is like barely flesh it's not even there like they've not mm-hmm. done an, anywhere enough work for 5v5 to be ready so whatever version of 5v5 that would just get added into overwatch one now would be complete bullshit and would not be fun at all would not be balanced at all you wouldn't have the reworks there you wouldn't have you know uh all the all the changes to the heroes required and it would be a complete mess and it would just be bullshit to play. It would be, be a far lesser experience than current 6v6 is. And um, yeah, you, why would you do that when you're, you'd rather just spend more development time on Overwatch 2 making 5v5 there for that experience? Like, it's just, I don't, I don't know. It's trying to do any of that for Overwatch 1 just doesn't make any sense for me. Trying to do anything for Overwatch 1 while you're making Overwatch 2 simply just can't happen because it takes time away from developing yeah. Overwatch 2 at the end of the day. Like that's that's the be all and end all of it. Avril, you wanted to you want to talk about Overwatch League, right? I know I 
I yeah. just interrupted the conversation. But you want to talk about Overwatch? Like, what about specifically? Did you want to? Did you want to hit on? Well, let's talk about. Uh, let's talk about. You know, how this all impacts the league, and if anyone has any opinions on that, because the other thing about uh, Overwatch 2's delay is that it's going to have this very big separation with where the league is in especially next year but maybe even future years depending on how the release goes you're essentially by the looks of it going to have a situation where we will be playing the game professionally on overwatch 2 while the public cannot play it and while maybe even a lot of people privately can't play yet like we don't even who the hell is even going to get access who knows it's probably going to be the teams the players maybe some staff but beyond that what else like you know it's very hard to say um i don't even like ideally the casters get like holy fuck you imagine casting game you can't even play that'd be fucked up um <laughs> so ideally that happens but the rest of the world can't play i just don't know it, it seems like and for all the people there's this is another thing i want to dispel um and this is a lot of for the context of why i'm talking about any of these topics because like over the weekend when i um met up with a lot of other esports people and just talking shit you know having some drinks at a bar first time i've flown in in, in like a fully a year and people want to know what's up with overwatch and people asking me all these things and making assumptions and also i'm seeing other content talking about this kind of stuff and it's just like oh why would they decide to play overwatch 2 next year for overwatch league if uh the game is going to be delayed and all this kind of bs and all this kind of stuff where like the game might not come out until 2023 so you're just playing a game other people can't play I'm like that's 100 true but mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure that um you know the decision to play it on Overwatch Two was before the delay or the the news of the delay or knowledge of of a delay was going to be going to be there. So I think the expectation mm-hmm. from the league side, from the team side, uh, the franchise side, was that potentially Overwatch Two was going to be available sometime in 2022. And the room, what was the rumor again? It was like. Um, like a June, May, June, July kind of deal. Oh, like this. Oh, that that it could have been released, you know, uh, which would have been either in the middle of the season or, you know, maybe maybe at the latest it would release after the season, maybe like an October kind of thing. But mm. now because of the delay, it's going to be totally different. And uh, the problem is you can't undo that because teams have already built rosters and done all these things under the expectation that they will be playing Overwatch two next year. So I don't think mm. you can just kind of turn things around. Also, I'm pretty sure. I'm very sure that the teams want to play Overwatch 2 next year. Like, they don't want to play Overwatch 1 again. So, there's that as well. Yeah, well, I mean, they have to do it already. They've already said that they're going to do it, right? They can't just turn back on that. No. There's no way. Because teams already spent money. Yep. Yeah, they got to put on Overwatch 2. And, I mean, they're going to, right? So, Mm -hmm. like, it's, I don't know. I mean, like, I'm sure they'll try to balance it fast and they'll try to get something out. And it'll be playable enough. For Overwatch League, which is weird. I know I, I saw that question before as well. People being like, oh, don't you think it's unfair to the public or something like that? That was like a big thing. People were saying like, oh, is it going to be weird that these pros are going to play it, but nobody else is going to? And I mean, yeah, it's a little weird, it I guess. Weird, yeah. But it is what they have to do, though. Like they've already announced it. They've already said they're going to go They're going to go and do it. I mean, maybe they don't. Maybe they can go turn turn back on it. But then that just looks really terrible for the company that you just announced something and just going back on it like yeah. that. That's uh, that's definitely a drag worthy uh, social media, you know, crop dusting. It's it's that that's definitely it's, not what you want to do. Is just take it back. It's the problem with yeah. timelines, guys. It's the, it's a timeline yeah. issue 
where you had your team meeting you know there was that leaked meeting that they had internally with all the franchise teams ownership group and um of watch league and blizzard whatever and they talked about the future of the league and what's happening next year and out of that meeting they decide they're going to play overwatch 2 right i'm not i wasn't in that meeting I'm, i don't have any notes and i don't have any like leaks or anything from that that's just what, what is, <laughs> sure. that's, i'm just saying what was rumored to have happened in that meeting mm-hmm. uh and the rumor is that the, you know the whole overwatch 2 discussion was there and that's where we came down to now that in my my speculation this is where again why i have to specify i'm speculating uh educated speculation here is that that meeting took place before team four before the you know blizzard had realized that they were gonna have to delay again and and perhaps the original discussion was that the game was going to be ready by next year and so they decide to play the game for next year and obviously things changed and they realized they couldn't get the game out in that time and which didn't surprise me but also it's kind of a debate for the teams who had maybe <laughs> pushed for over so under that, that knowledge you think that those are just works works on like a whim or something like that they just do everything we just like oh just gonna, let's try this fuck it we gotta appease who, these owners who works blizzard you think like the, like like activision you think they just like act uh, like they're just like oh well, we're just gonna we're gonna try it because these uh, everyone's upset you know we got to do something well um, the, the owners have invested tens of millions of dollars i think they have a pretty large stake in well, it's their fault things. they got ripped off, Avril. Whose fault is that? It's not, fucking, <laughs> it's not Overwatch League's fault they made a lot of money off these idiots. You know what I'm the saying? Problem, like, that's just not okay. their fault. I mean, that's... I don't, I don't even know if I want to get into that. I'm just kidding. Um, I'm just kidding. That was, that, was a little, that was a little harsh. That was a little harsh. But uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically. At, like... Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the timelines were misaligned there is, is what I think mm-hmm. the problem was. And that's... Again, just educated speculation on my side. It's not like I'm not leaking anything. I don't know. I don't. Act- I wasn't in that meeting. I don't actually know. But I'm just speculating the timelines were not aligned because if the knowledge was that next year we are not going to have an Overwatch 2 release, but we mm-hmm. have the option to play on Overwatch 2, I think teams would be probably, I would ideally hope that they would be smart enough to say, that's probably not a good thing. Um, so we're going to play Overwatch 1 again. I think that we probably would have just played Overwatch 1 again if, it, if we knew the game was going to be re- delayed again. Um, yeah. And in hindsight, it, part of me has thought about this as well. Is like maybe they should just change it back to Overwatch One because that would be a better experience because your players could actually play ranked and still play a game that mm-hmm. they're currently scrimming. You know, they wouldn't have that problem. Um, the people watching are, are watching a game that they can currently play themselves. But just uh, feels like you can't go more, back on that now. Are we going to see more burnout and people are just going to be like, I don't really want to play an Overwatch League this year if that's happening? Like yeah, I don't know, like if. If if they have to play an Overwatch one, you know what I'm saying? Like if they if they have to go back on it and then they have to play an Overwatch one. Oh, I think a yeah, lot of players if... would prefer it. I would actually I would assume a lot oh, of players okay. would prefer to play an Overwatch one. Why? Because you're not splitting your time between two games. And also, no, but... what, what are you really playing in you're playing Overwatch two, but what are you really playing? Like we don't even know what it is. Is it gonna have new yeah. heroes? Is it gonna have nah, pro, new content? Pro like... Pros want a new game, dude. No matter what it is, they're tired of Overwatch One. Overwatch has been around for five six years it's not counter-strike it's not the yeah, but Dustin, it's not one of these games that just lasts forever you can't play mm-hmm. ranks in overwatch 2 you can only scrim overwatch nobody 2. cares is that nobody enough? cares to put yeah that's enough bro it's a, it's enough okay. to care about something i'll, I'll take your I, word I, on I, it if you say it's enough I'll, I'll take your word on it i i think so i think every player that i knew in overwatch league was is was and is looking forward to overwatch 2 at least playing in overwatch league and overwatch 2 i think if they were to Go back onto Overwatch One. That be that's like a heartbreak. That's just mm. like a like fucking stomach sinking yeah. feeling that you just can't play on the new game that you were promised you were gonna play on. Even if it doesn't have rank, they don't. I don't think they care that much. 
would you say that you know i think most of the pros in in your eyes would you say that most of like the the pros that you interacted with are players first and pros second where they 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 love the game they want to you know celebrate the game they want to play this new toy that blizzard has kind of dangled in front of their face they're less like they're they're less of that like hardcore sigma oh. male grind set you know what i mean that's just like we're just going to do whatever it I takes to win sigma males. at their at their heart i think they want to enjoy what they're doing and i think that's what got them there is that is that kind of where where do you think that most of I the said, it's a mixture it's a mixture of both it's like i mean okay. part, maybe, maybe i just don't maybe that's why i'm not all pros and that's where that's where like me and abro are differing a little bit because like maybe i definitely probably not most pros where i'm like I, I just i was enjoying the game in the beginning it was very very mm. fun um but i'm like part of me is like why the fuck are some of these people still playing professional when they probably could just be streamers or doing some content that's way less stressful and way less fucking like tiring mentally because i mean you talked about this earlier overwatch is one of the harder games to play professionally and i don't know if it's it's just the same content over and over and over again it's it's getting repetitive bro like it's just not getting fun anymore i don't know like it's gonna it wears on you. That's I think that's why you see a lot of people retire every year. I think it's like that they because they. It, I think it is Overwatch One's fault that they keep doing it. Is because they keep playing. If if Overwatch Two is released this year or whatever, I don't think some of them will retire. I think that people would want to go back and feel excited to go try something new and to. Fuck yeah! But they are and, playing Overwatch Two next year. But they're retiring anyway. Yeah, of course, yeah. No, no, no. But we were saying we were saying based on if if they were to go back to Overwatch One, right? Yeah. yeah. But I'm just addressing because you're so, saying you, you're, you're the reason you're seeing a lot of pros retire every year because it's getting. You know, it's getting boring or tiresome or burnout, whatever. But like, well, yeah, it's just. I mean, maybe it's not. Over, maybe okay. Maybe maybe that was over exaggeration then. So maybe maybe like it's not just Overwatch one's fault or whatever. But I mean, just because the game is so stressful to play and tiring that they kind of have to, I guess. Yeah, I don't I'm know. I'm just saying the pro experience. I... The pro experience next year is going to be you scrim Overwatch two and then you go and play Overwatch one ranked, which sounds like complete ass. That that sounds awful. Uh, it is going to be really fun. Why don't they just scrim? Why don't they just scrim each other all day? Or like have pro circuits? Why don't they have like pro scrimmages? Or like pro, pro, mag- like pro yeah, pugs? Like pugs, yeah, lobbies. Yeah, they could do that, I guess. But I mean... Hopefully they do. That's that's probably what they would do. But, uh, but like, then that's really awkward. What are you going to do? Stream that? And then it's... I hope, I hope well, Blizzard I hope lets they let them you, stream yeah, it because I, I think I that would help. They, I do hope they let them stream because if you're super, you don't want to... Bro. You, you, wanna, you still want to stream, man. What are you going to do? Stream over which one? Like... And then, and then you really make a Sigma grind set. Then you have the pugs that are casted. So not only are the casters oh casting Overwatch God. League, but then after Overwatch League, the pugs at 8 p.m. at night until, what, 2 a.m. in the morning, they're also casting. Okay, so now I'm, you're working I'm, seven days a week. I'm the fat kid being picked last for <laughs> pugs every single time. I'm, well, Abel, Abel, I'm playing Abel, those no, pugs and sucking. That's what I'm going to do. And, well, and, you're, and, you're, and you consider yourself pretty passionate, right? You're like, you're pretty passionate about your job. You're pretty passionate yeah, about I'm casting, right? I'm passionate, yeah. Right, and you... And, and you're a grinder, so but you're still not. You still don't want to do the same shit all day, every day. You know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. kind of just tiring, right? No matter what, I think everybody in every job mm-hmm. just doesn't yeah. want to do the same. Yeah, yeah. Especially for years and years, and especially if these people didn't even know they were gonna make a career out of it, bro. When you think for of a sure, career, yeah. you think of I don't know computer science. Think of like a I don't know. You, you work your way up through the ladder or something. This is just your I don't know professionally playing a video game. That's like uh, it's just quite different than everything else in right. life, and it's not any. It's not. It's very, very, I don't know. It's, it's you need something experience. to spice you up. It's unique, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, they, I think they need Overwatch too. Is at the end of end of the day, even if it is scuffed, even if it is a little scuffed. Uh yeah. I mean, 
I just think it's got like there's questions surrounding like well what what do you get in Overwatch 2 because obviously you're not going to get the full game so what do you get how many of the new heroes do you get do you get any of them how many of the reworks do you get do you all of them are yeah. some of them not available yet you know what's the timeline going to be on that what about the maps uh we're probably not playing us two cp assault anymore so we're playing the new push like assume that's all there uh what else are there more maps we're going to plan like there's just a lot of questions surrounding what the content of the game is going to be and i just mm. think from a viewing experience it just sounds so awkward and not great like um I think the interest will be there initially from people just curious, like, oh, I wonder what Overwatch yeah. 2 gameplay looks like now in whatever time we get it, you know? But beyond that, I, I don't know yeah, how many... I don't know how much retention you're going to get f- with a game that people just can't play because it's like you watch Overwatch 2 on Overwatch League and then you go back, and, as this talking from a perspective of a regular viewer here, and then what you go yep. back and play Overwatch 1, like, that just sounds shit. Like, um... It sounds like a weird viewing experience to totally is yeah. be watching a game that you can't play personally. Yeah, we. I mean, that's how it it all kind of started, right? You you got only watch, and it's like I don't know if people are going to be big into that, but I also have to side with Blizzard, and it's like there's really not much they can do. Maybe you give out some codes and closed beta. I don't know if that's even ready. The game has to be ready. Like, yeah, it's it, it's going to be scuffed. Well, but Joe, it kind of has to be. What it's supposed to be, and I think the most ideal way to do it, like if you had everything under control, the game was mm-hmm. way more ready, and you could yep. do things with a proper marketing scheme and do things the, the real 9,000 IQ way, you would promote Overwatch 2 with Overwatch League, do drops via Overwatch League to get into Overwatch 2, and then yep. run a beta alongside Overwatch 2, and then release yep. the game at the end of the Overwatch League, te- uh, Overwatch League season. That would be, that would yep. be the perfect timeline. Yep. Or fuck even better, release the game at the start of Overwatch Two, Overwatch League, and it just it coincides. Like, that would be the fucking best. But rolls together. Yep. But the problem is the game needs to be ready. You need a, a playable. You need a good enough game. And I've I've said this multiple <laughs> times on every uh, most of the previous episodes. And I'll say it one more time for Dustin so that he understands the level I'm on here. But people don't anyway. understand what the term beta means. People don't understand what work in progress means. So this is the problem with it's just like you can't just release a beta quote-unquote just release it bro because what happens is if it's not ready it's not good enough people play this so-called beta and in their minds because their brains are small they think this is the final product i can't blame them because like well oh, it's just how the industry works yeah now, they, they, can't, they can't help themselves they can't help themselves and they just like well this is the final product even though it clearly isn't but they believe it is and then you you'll be like well overwatch 2 is complete shit or x or y again this is so bad it's like well, bro you're just playing a beta but no one, no one gets that through their heads. No one understands it's only a beta. They think they're playing the final game. So that means yeah, betas what, aren't betas anymore. What this means, yeah. what this means for the gaming industry, guys, is that if you are a development team in a studio, you, the beta you release is basically like the full game. At that point, you are pretty much releasing your final product. Because if you don't, mm. people will just assume you are anyway. You know. So you can't just release a beta, bro. It has to be good enough. Yeah, no, it has to like, meet a standard. Yeah that is going to appease the audience um i think betas and gaming in general is a topic that is super interesting um ah it's tough um but yeah i agree it's got to meet a certain threshold yes it's going to be scuffed um but i think like you said that is probably the most optimal rollout if anything maybe even delay it like a stage if we're going to call it that in, in overwatch 2 um, just to give them just an extra little bit of time to get the framework all set up so they can launch it maybe, you know, a month or two down the roads. But yeah, I think people 
have to get their hands on it. I don't think yeah. that they're going to stick with only watch anymore. It's got nothing to do with because Dustin was bringing it up, but you know, he spoke to some people that said maybe it was unfair. I'm not even talking about the fairness here. I'm just talking about the general. Yeah, or the just you know, weird and feeling viewing experience. Yeah. Well, okay, so this is a little bit just to change topics a little bit since um, I don't know, just to, to bring it back more to Overwatch. I guess like if we're thinking about because I know we talked about this earlier, and, and <clears> this might be a little bit off topic, no, but um, since we were talking about it earlier, like we were talking about how Overwatch is one of the harder games to play, right? And yep. We were talking about Avril. You mentioned how, you know, what we talk about Overwatch and, and how maybe the fans aren't as rabid as we think they are. Maybe it's just like, because every, every game industry has this problem, right? Every every Apex has, oh, we're, we don't have enough content. Dead by Daylight has it too. Dead by Daylight, we don't have enough content. Like, everybody's saying that. Is that, what actually is the the most difficult game to play, you think, Avril or, or Volmo? Well, as an esport. Like, stress-wise, as an esport. This is, I don't know how I brought this back to this, but... Like my point is that is Overwatch really the hardest game to play? You guys think, or from your guys' perspective, As what is pro, the most yeah. stressful esport? I think. So. What do you think I, is? I think it is Overwatch because it's like the most one of the one of, if not the most team dependent games out there, where yeah. you like have to both be a mechanical god, but even if you are one, there's only so much you can do to carry your team, which is one of the worst feelings in the world. Like if you're a mechanical god on the level of Pelican or higher. Like, you know, in, in another eSport, you're like a fucking faker at that stage. Like, you can you can just demolish a game on your own, or you, or you should be. Yeah. Um, but yeah. in Overwatch, it feels like your your output's limited. Um, and people well, say, like, like... It's like baseball, then. Is it? Well, I don't know if about baseball. Too. No, no, ba- um, ba- baseball, you can't carry a team, no matter what. You actually mm-hmm. can't. You even need if, to have a well-constructed team. Even if you're like a Babe Ruth or something. I don't baseball know is like... I don't know much about baseball either. I just know that baseball is like the most team-based sport Ever just because of the fact that you literally can't carry a game, even if you're the high song winner or high, I don't know what you can call it, the right. MVP or whatever, a baseball. You just can't. It's the same thing. I guess it's, it's the same thing in Overwatch, like because you need to have not only you need to have Fleta, but you also need to have fucking who's the who's, who's this fucking duo, dude? I, lip, I always forget his lip, name for some reason. Lip, lip, outriders. Yeah, you need to have a lip. Yeah, you just <laughs> outriders. God damn it! Like, listen, man. Um, I don't know. Like, I just it's. Are team-based games, are incredibly team-based games, really that, like, mass appeal? You know what I'm saying? Like, are they really that, like, all that to the viewer? And, like, because if you just can't carry a game, if you're seeing a guy that's doing all that he can and he's fucking losing, that would be like, oh, fuck, I don't want to be in that position. That's my experience watching Lee Vong Chung do this year. (laughs) This guy that was so fucking individually good and still losing, I'm like, I can't, this is the Overwatch 1's bullshit. This is why I'm so big on 5v5 and Overwatch 2. Because that mm. better be the game where if you are like at that level of play, you absolutely can just mop up a team on your own. Yeah, 12, 12 players is a bit too much. I think even even if the game is good, 12 players might just be a bit too much. If, if they eventually bow up the 5v5, that'd be awesome. Yeah, but yeah six, 12 players in the server, two tanks, nobody's dying. Yep. Uh, like, it's, it's just boring. really tough. It's just, yeah, it's, it's really tough because if there's no, if the individual prowess is masked by team play, then also, there's no individual prowess. So, uh, you talked. Yeah. You said this like you said like at the start of the podcast. Even we we hadn't even really started talking about it, which then you brought this up. But like uh, you mentioned that the game was probably going to be more deathmatchy, which I agree with. And people say that in such a negative context, like oh, why, why do we want a deathmatchy game? Like, bro, that's better. You you do want that. That's an improvement in the gameplay because that's like that's a better feeling. People are game. brainwashed, bro. They want the same game. They just want the same game, and that's not going to be a good idea. <laughs> Well, the people that... Yep. The other problem is, I've said this previously as well, the people that want the same game 
are like they're Stockholm syndromed into liking the game that they have when most yeah. people have moved on. Most people, I'm sorry, but they you've been fucking outvoted. The people that have outvoted yeah. you are the people that have left the game. They're not here to tell their side of the story because they're fucking gone. They're playing Fortnite or Valorant or whatever the fuck now. Like, um, yeah, they so put back I, a diva, bro. I'm sorry, I don't, <laughs> I don't take the opinion seriously of people that have still that are people still. I take them a little bit seriously, but I don't take them fully seriously in terms of the people that are still here Stockholm syndrome to this game. Like, yo, you unfortunately you represent a smaller portion of the play base than what existed in 2016 on release. All those guys, those are the people that I think their voices count more because they they left for a fucking reason. We need to fix those problems. We need to like bring them back to to improve this game. Like that's what I'm all about. At the end of the day, I'm not saying that yeah. people that are still sticking around don't like you know don't matter. But like I think they believe that they matter more than they actually do is what I believe. Um, oh, for sure. And of course, so like, like a individual like ego to it. It's just like, yeah, the game's gonna be more deathmatch. Good, that's what I want. I my I want the game to be like Team Fortress Two, and most of the players, I a lot of people I've talked to would be like, that would be fucking perfect. Like a game where you can absolutely frag out, still has some team play in it, but like a game with your individual mechanics yeah. absolutely matter. If you are good at this game, that is gonna be shown on screen, and you are gonna make a big difference. That is a game that is both good for esports and here's here's the kicker that people don't seem to understand but also good for the quick play the pub the casual community as well because mm -hmm. you don't have to some dude throwing their team is going to have less impact in the way that they are throwing and if you are good you can actually do more to carry a team if you are doing things well you're going to be more rewarded instead of the current experience which is you can be doing a lot of things well but shit, you're still losing you're still losing even if you are like you know putting the entire team on your back because the team is too team centric the, the the skill floor for teamwork is too damn high in overwatch one and before anyone says like oh why, why would you want to decrease why would you want to decrease the teamwork in overwatch 2 and stuff like that i'm like well first of all that i don't think it would decrease the teamwork i think at the highest level you still would have a lot of teamwork required but also at the highest level you would in, in any level you would start to see mechanics coming to the forefront the way it fucking mm. should be in any fps game yeah, and it, it might still get to that point too. You never know. You might, it might, it might get back to that really team-based game too. Maybe that's just how Overwatch is hey, meant to be in the end of the day. As long as Fraggers can frag and you can be a mechanical god, I don't mind. At the end of yeah. the day, if you are, I, I think if, I you agree. Are, if you are a Pelican-style god in this game, it should be extremely easy to show that and and for you to put a team on your back. In my mm. opinion, shouldn't be a debate on like, oh, oh is he good? I don't know. Like it should just be very clear. As long as that window opens up, I would I would also agree. Yeah, but, uh, for any position, support and tanks. I know I'm just yep. talking about DPS, but this is why like tanks having more of a, a more of a role in the game is better as well. Supports fragging out. Like I, you start removing some of the main supports. For, like I, I don't know. Like although mm -hmm. all that shit just to me is outdated. All the Lucio's, the Mercy and stuff. Get rid of that. Like I I want more Zingardas and Annas and Baps in the game. I want that style of support in the game where you're more you can do more. You can frag more. You have better utility you more agency. Heal bot. like I, I just i don't yep. like i'm not saying lucio's a heal but fucking moira's a heal bot and so is mercy get that shit out of the game i hate that um you know i want i want to watch a game where people who are good at the game can show that they are good at the game yeah i just i don't i hope i hope they balance things correctly i mean just like blizzard in itself um yeah of course not good at balancing to be honest just in terms of overwatch considering the balance the, the direction they went in I mean, they they lost that Avril. What are you talking about? They lost that back at the beginning of the game when there was when it felt like an arena shooter. When it felt like DPS were doing that. Maybe maybe it's not due to the fault. Maybe it's how the game developed and how the meta's developed or whatever. 
Um, but they they showed that they would go away from that. Would you disagree with the statement, or would you, rather, would you would you agree with the statement I'm about to make that right now in November 2021, Overwatch the game is in its most balanced state ever? Would you agree with that statement? I I don't think it matters. <laughs> I don't know because the reason is, why is I bring it? that up is like you know you you I know that balance is like has been a problem, but I would argue I think I think a lot of people would probably agree that right now in Overwatch. The game has never been better balanced than it has currently. I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm not saying there's zero issues, but I'm saying at this point, I think the game is more balanced than it has been in its entire huh. history. It's definitely in a good place, but it's also like not seeing any change because you kind of can't change it. Exactly. Yeah, do, you, do you still got that feeling that you just can't carry games? Yeah, but that's a gameplay design. That's a game design flaw. That's, that's, I mean, that's not a. Yeah. Well, it wasn't there in the first place. It wasn't there in the first place back in 2016. You could fucking carry your. You could carry your teammates in 2016 easy. I think in 2016, people were new to the game and people didn't know what they were doing. And also, uh, the game had less healing in terms of like the the heal power creep. You had less of this AOE. Yeah, healing. so that, that's what I mean. That's that was the direction they took it. It wasn't like that originally. It was the direction yeah. they took it. Yes, you could say like I mean you could definitely argue that it was mainly the new players. You can't really tell, I guess. Um but that was the direction they took it. I mean you you saw people like I was talking about earlier, I hinted at it. People quit when Diva fucking got buffed originally. Yeah. When Diva was ass and then she got buffed and like, what is this defense matrix? I can't shoot things now. To be and fair, then that became broken. the game. To be fair, defense matrix was what, like four seconds uninterrupted? It was kind of bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it we, was we have hard, but... we have nearly as equivalent broken tanks and broken other abilities that are nearly as good as that. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not easily, it's not one to one. It might be though. You know, you don't know because you can't think, compare um, the two. I, th- I do agree. The but game yeah. was more frag heavy on release, which is what, what the feeling of the game yeah. should be. Uh, and yeah, part of that and is that was, because that was fun. That part was of that so is maybe fun. because people are new, but part of that is because I think there was less power in the healing i think healing in this game is kind of overtuned oh. um especially we, we, aoe sorry to, sorry up to you avril this, we can make this like a, a last topic i guess um when you were talking about uh that it's like weird that they would make an overwatch 2 like because mm. because it's just weird it, what would you call it a live action um live what's the actual game, games of service games live of service game, yeah. games of service live action. don't laugh at me dude listen <laughs> I, I have a small vocabulary and a small brain give me a break here okay small <laughs> bladder <laughs> and a small bladder too i everything's tiny about me basically okay. <laughs> with tiny 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 pizza tiny burgers what's the rick and morty beam welcome to tiny <laughs> tiny <laughs> fucking everything bro um no anyway. so uh, where was i going with this oh like it's so weird because when you compare Overwatch two to other games, and I guess we're just homers at this point. Um, like if you look at every game that's like existed, Apex. Uh, De- like I'll bring Dead by Daylight because I've been playing that recently. Mm-hmm. Dead by Daylight. Um, I don't even know. There's a ton of games that like came back from the fucking dead, like years after they right. were released, and they're just like huge updates, guys. Come back, and it fucking worked because it was a fun game. It was cool. So they could have probably just done that, to be honest, right? And that's, what, that's what Overwatch 2 is. Overwatch 2 is the big yeah. update. Hopefully. Free to play. Yes. Make it free to play. It that's is. All yeah. that, that's it all that matters be. to people these days. Make I it free to play. I will fucking quit if it's not free to play. <laughs> if the PvP game is not free to play, I'm out. I'm done. Because I, do, I don't see a future in the game if it's not free to play. And here's the other thing. Well, is like my, my theory, my speculation for why it's not free to play. I think I might have said this in a previous episode. is because they wanted to hit the console market. And console yeah. free to play probably wasn't proven at the point. 
This is obviously this is pre Fortnite. Fortnite's proven that console free to play can absolutely be a thing, but pre Fortnite, I think there was a lot of there was lack of confidence in how successful free to play would be on console. And Activision Blizzard loves selling physical copies because they want to get that you know dollar off uh, the physical copy of the shelves, and they want to put on the shelves and in, in, in the game stops and all that. So that's why they did. A, do a what, do what Halo just did. Halo just did it phenomenally. I think they just literally just sold the campaign and made the multiplayer free. They could sell the PVE part. That's, sell that's the literally what Overwatch I think that's is. What, that's yeah, what, I think that's what they want to do. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. But it, right, so you think that they're gonna have it's, the PVP is gonna be free and yes. the campaign's not gonna be the PVP. I think they've said yes. as much. That's, they've said they, oh, they did? said as much. They I did believe so. I, I'm not. Oh, I was. I was not. I didn't know. I actually didn't know. I didn't hear about that. You're good. You're good. Okay. Well, good. Then they're off to a good start. Fingers Rob. crossed that that doesn't, you know, detract it with all the, the goings-ons in, in Blizzard. Well, so, then it doesn't matter if the pros are playing Overwatch 2. You know what I'm saying? Because the game's free anyway. It's a free game. It's a piece of shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, nobody... <laughs> it's a free game anyway. You know I what I'm saying? Then why not? With, with the timeline that they're, they're not playing of, the campaign. They're not playing the campaign. That's very true. I think <laughs> with, with Overwatch League coming in, you know, going into 2022, they've been very clear in how they word it, which kind of leaves us wondering, you know, it's an early build. We don't, you know, it, they, they're very hesitant yeah. to kind of say that it's going to be released as like a free to play, like beta multiplayer kind of Halo-esque thing that leaves us wondering like, okay, is it just going to be like a PR kind of run where it's like, hey, it's still kind of in development, but we got the Overwatch League and you can watch it, but you can't really play it. Or are they going to like slowly roll out some sort of playable something or other? Call it a beta, call it a ready. demo. I don't give a fuck. Only right, exactly. My only, it's, my only hope in there is it has to be ready enough to be played by Overwatch League anyway and publicly shown. So if it's ready enough to do that, you have to imagine as well. It shouldn't, not that it's might as well, but it shouldn't be too far off from a more right. of a public release, right? That's my only mm-hmm. hoping, that's my only sort of thinking there in terms of my personal hopium. I think it's yeah, what I hope it needs. To, I hope to too, yeah. I think so. Do you see probably, yourself get to the point. kind of coming back for like a, maybe a last raw, maybe check it out, see if you like it? And... Oh, yeah. definitely. I think most people will, yeah. Everyone I will. think a lot of people that have, yeah, definitely people that have left the scene. I mean, you think about who's left. Seagull. Yep. Originally, you got XQC come back. I mean, that guy fucking brings in the rakes in the viewership. XQC will play have people. One. He'll be there right away. Yeah, he'll be there for months probably. You know, mm-hmm. like we'll we'll have pretty much everybody come back. We'll have new people, big streamers come back in the first sure. little bit. I mean, it'll be exciting. It'll be cool. I I think it'll be at least a fun first year, one year. Yeah. Um, and you can do a bunch of shit in one year, bro. You have. That's a lot of time to to work off of Blizzard. Uh, anybody that comes and checks out the game, I mean, that's a good amount of time. Like a year. Wow. Think, about, think about how long twenty twenty was. Like that, yeah. you have that much time. <laughs> yeah, you have twenty twenty. You have three hundred sixty five days to do some shit. Blizzard. This, here is one Don't really interesting thing that I that I did see. Um, again, this is coming through from um, SVB's podcast when they when they had their chat. But um, Overwatch's mm-hmm. interest on like Google searching and all that kind of stuff has has declined over the last few years. Yeah, it's, and before it's anyone ass. says before anyone says like, oh, isn't that pretty normal? For mm-hmm. games as a service live product, no it is not. Yeah. Usually games like as a service improve over time. It should be that you mm-hmm. get more people over time. More people care about your game over time. Your play base increases over time. Um and so yeah, Dustin, you're saying, okay, when Overwatch 2 releases, it'll be a great first year. I, I'm not interested in just having a great first year. It needs to be a great first year that's even better in the second year. Oh, like, I, uh, this, yeah. Sorry, am I, I don't know if I'm asking for too much. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm not. 
No, because that, that's the, every fucking every other fucking game gets that. Why why can't we? Is that is well, it asking well, for I, a lot? I don't know. Uh, well, maybe Luke, you have to say something, but I I know that like generally with. I don't know. I just like this is what I was talking about earlier with with star players and with this kind of team based uh-huh. game. I just don't think the genre itself begs in itself to to last that long. You know what I'm saying? Or like it's just not like that type of genre that can last forever. Mm. I don't know. In my head, that's the way I see it, and that's why I, I don't know why then. Hmm. It's just because it's not. It's just because it's too much. Maybe for some people, maybe the actual genre itself is not as enticing to younger people. I don't know. How is League of Legends the biggest game in the world then? That doesn't seem like League of Legends. That doesn't seem like a genre that would be enticing the young people, personally. But I don't know. It's free to play. There were mobas were the thing. They were just big at the time, and they've just ran with it. Uh, TF2 was like a like a like a to be honest, not an exciting genre. When it uh, when they copied it, that kind of. Me, I mean, that hurts. Me. I know, but but also like arena shooters. That's why I'm, I'm excited by Halo, and I'm gonna yeah. have my fun playing it. It's an arena shooter though, and mm-hmm. to be honest, arena shooters are so much fun to me, but they probably aren't as much fun to other people. I don't know. It's just not that like genre to, that people like these days. I don't know. We're boomers, bro. We're just it's old men. Agreed. I I tend to agree for the most part that <laughs> arena shooters are not like the hotness. Let's say. Um, but I don't know that A needs to be. And then looking at like Overwatch, um, I think where I was kind of like leaning towards was I, f- I felt like Dustin, you were saying that like at, at the very least we'll get like a good year out of it. But that's mm-hmm. when I go with Avril and it's like you're going to get the heroes. You're going to get the, the the shorts again. You have a whole nother era area of the game that you can kind of develop and balance and and really push people towards in the PVE side of things, I think you will start to see it start slowly climb and dip and climb a little bit more and dip again. You know, heroes coming out, new PVE modes, you know, like, oh shit, new skins, new events. You know, we're going to get that content injection, I would assume, more so than we did in Overwatch 1, so that it really does feel like a games as a service, not like, I'm, oh, we're developing something on the side here. You know, if it's, so that's where I think it can be. I can, it can steadily climb. If it's just some, if it's just some BS that it's just like good for one year, I'm I'm out, I'm done. Like that's yeah. Well, listen, that's bullshit. We, like, we can make a bet. Abel. We'll make a bet. If if we're not, if if me, you, or Volma aren't dead by the time that uh, five years goes by and Overwatch Two is released, um, and it's it's going up in sales and it's going up in everything, uh, I'll pay you hundred bucks. <laughs> and then if it, if Overwatch is if Overwatch Two is even is about this point where we are with Overwatch One. Right now, in five years, then you owe me hundred bucks. Oh, that's a risky. That's a risky bit for me because, like, it is. It, it, see, you don't even fucking believe in yourself, <laughs> motherfucker. I'm not saying it will be. I'm just saying that's my expectation. I'm not. I'm not making yeah. a prediction. I'm. I'm drawing a line in my. Well, expectation. I'm making you make a prediction. That's what I'm saying. Because the bet. confidence isn't there for the prediction just yet. I need to know that right, you know right. the right decision is going to be made. Because you could have a brilliant game being made and then some suits up top decide to fuck it up like that that can happen at any point like you know um true, true. and yeah I, I i do think overwatch as a game as a genre has longevity like i don't i actually do think it has mass appeal it clearly did it's one of the biggest games out there i was actually going to answer my own question i was talking about league of legends right how is that a big game how is it the biggest game in the world when really i don't think it has mass appeal to to the young audience at all because if you the young audience want to play Fortnite and, and stuff right i'm sure i don't actually know what they want to play anymore maybe it's valorant now but it, you know before and it was Fortnite. Um, yeah. League of Legends is yeah. like traditionally a, a difficult game to think about. This, this is it's not an easy game to get into. There's a lot of burden oh. on it. Just fucking 150 champions or whatever it is. Um, MOBAs as a genre, I think is like can be pretty tough in terms of 
the baseline of knowledge and skill required to play it uh it's pretty challenging compared to like i think most people fps is pretty easy to understand pick up gun and shoot it's not very hard sure, um sure. and you know you just frag the other person mobas you have to you think about all this other stuff like laning and jungling and items and economy and golden towers and objectives like it's very complex right now. i'm not wrong in saying any of this i'm sure no, so no, what no, i'm no, saying is like what i'm getting towards is like i think league of legends should be a very challenging game to get into and yet it is the most popular oh. game in the world Here's my theory. It might just because it's ingrained in society by this point. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, have like, the, it's already, I have the answer. I have the answer. I'm about, I was about to get the answer, it? which is like, oh, you're, okay, not, okay. you're not entirely, I think you're, you're on the right path there. Because um, it, it got a lot of popularity, but you know, it, but it, it shouldn't be the type of genre, it shouldn't be the type of game that continues getting popularity. I think what it is, is um, um, it has one of the only games in the entire world that has a truly global market that actually taps into every single global market in that every single region country basically has heard of or has played and is currently playing league of legends um that's that's one thing first and foremost so it, it gets most of its player base from the fact that it's fully tapped into asia and beyond and na and eu and middle east and everywhere like everywhere just plays league of legends right uh there's very few games that have been able to do that you want to know what one other game that has been able to do that is actually overwatch overwatch was one of the few games that is heavily tapped into every single market in the world because if you want to know a fun fact Valorant hasn't even achieved that. Valorant yeah, has, it, yeah. has it released in China yet? I don't even know if it has. It might not have. It might have, but it's it's not a huge thing. Not a very big game in Korea. Uh, everyone's everyone's still playing other games in Korea, um, yep. and the it's it does okay in the Asian markets, I think. But it's it's a very NA centric game. It's a it's very just, it's, Western game. Just because there's not that I, many. I mean, this is just going into Valorant, but it's just not like that good of a game to be honest. Just straight up, just the you know, there's better games that do it better. Counter Strike does better. Crossfire in Korea does it better. That's the thing for these, for these people. You know, people in China would rather play Crossfire. And people in Korea would rather play Sudden Attack. You have to ask Sudden the question: attack. Why would they rather play those games? And those are CS clones, by the way. Are you, if you don't know what Crossfire is, Google it right now, and you'll look at it. You'll probably wince at it. You'll cringe and be like, "What the fuck is this? This is like some one point three. This is some one point CS yeah. one point three looking ass game. Doesn't even look good. Yeah. Why would people play this over CS or Valorant? But that's what people play. Better because um, it's fucking better. And to you them? Know, Fortnite has no appeal in the Asian market, zero. PUBG doesn't have much appeal in the Western market anymore. It's a very Asian dominant game. And mm. only games like Overwatch and League of Legends truly have a, a, a legitimate global appeal. I'm, I'm serious when I say that's the truth. Yeah. Um, it's lost a little bit of the Western appeal because, you know, Fortnite came out and, you know, the pro scene and the competitive is like, well, you know, they're just, they just, that's, it's a little bit getting a bit hard to compete with the Koreans, always has been. Um, but plus, it's got a price tag. Plus, it's got a price tag. I think if it didn't have a price tag, it'd be more available to literally everyone, um, especially in the NA market when you have to compete with the Fortnites and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but is that also an excuse? I don't. Is that like also an excuse that it's not free to play, kind of, or no? What excuse? How? What do you mean? Like an excuse that the game's not as popular as you'd want it to be. The fact that it got as popular as it was for not being a free to play says a lot. I think that's yeah. I think that's a big sign that yeah, it could be like play, a battlefield or something with a free to play it could have been fucking even bigger than it was it was one of the it's one of the tr- only true games I experienced that was like a global phenomenon I'm not just talking about player base now I'm just talking about like yeah, yeah, yeah. how much media was surrounding it the fact that it o- even overtook League of Legends in Korean PC bangs for whatever amount of time it did that that that's like impossible mm. by the way that should that can never happen only one only only Overwatch <laughs> has ever done that it's crazy. Um, yeah, so I think cool. the potential is where I, I think the potential for it to be a game that actually grows year on year, 
that doesn't just have a good year one that can have better years as it goes by it should be there um and the mm-hmm. reason you know it doesn't is because i think in overwatch one they kind of the the content somehow made the game worse because uh it could be balancing reasons or design philosophy reasons which is why i'm so glad they're re-rolling that back and saying we fucked up the healing's too strong in this game you can't it's not deathmatch enough you can't frag as hard we want people to frag more uh, we want everyone to have more agency and do their more that's, kind of thing that's important that's that's huge um, that's so sad dude i i have like a like a quick story about overwatch yeah. i went to i went to korea i went to i went on a tinder date and we went to um went to a pc bang and in was the pc bang gauntlet? the girl uh there was a drink gauntlet yeah i went okay. on a tinder date during gauntlet yeah okay. yeah um and we got a pc bang i didn't have anything to do because i was just there to watch the games obviously and be an, yeah. a, an asshole in the crowd um so I, we went to the PC bang, and I just uh, we were playing, and the other team was playing a meta composition. They were playing Sigma, and they were playing Orisa, and they were playing Moira, and they were playing everything meta about the game in quick yeah. play. In quick play, and the girl I was with, she really liked Diva, and uh, and she was getting fucking shit on. She didn't. <laughs> she got like zero kills, like twenty deaths. She kept losing her mech, and I'm like, I, I had to explain to her. I had to keep calm. Like I was like, she was because she was noticeably bored and like upset, and like she was like, I don't mm. want to do this anymore. Kind yeah. of like it was that bad. And she was just getting Sigma Rock. She was getting everything. I'm like, they're just playing meta. They're just playing meta. Don't worry. They're just pl- they're playing the video game. <laughs> this is what I was trying to explain to her. I was like, it's okay. They're playing the video game. People usually don't do this to have fun, you know. <laughs> and I don't know. I didn't know how to explain it to her. Besides, I was like, damn, that's that's the casual game right now. Half of the games you play against. Sweaty tryhards that just play the meta, which is Sigma and some boring ass characters, yep. and that's just how the game is. Is everybody plays these meta characters, and everybody in quick plays bored as fuck. Quick Hopefully they can they can dabble back into the rule of cool and just do some just give characters some fun fucking abilities, let them have fun, make shit broken, and yeah, make some broken okay, shit. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna address that story, but but uh, well, the real part <laughs> of the story, too, but the, the first part I want to address in the story uh, was just before we met. In Korea, uh, before Gauntlet? Yeah, I, th- I think so because we were. Uh, I don't remember though. There was a lot of times we met Artosis and stuff. Were you there for that when we uh, or no, Tasteless and those guys? I met that. I think. Oh. well, the timeline might have been for me. That would have been after. I can't remember anymore. I don't know. We were but, uh, I, we were there for like a month. I we me and Fry kind of made it like a vacation. Almost oh, okay. Well, like yeah, you were there, there for a month. Away. Then this is this is some. I wasn't part of. I was there for like a week. So you know, that was like oh, three weeks of extra shit. Yeah, this was for me. Yeah, uh, we were there for like a an but entire I, month. I think the game casual gameplay experience is uh, very important to nail down correctly. Mm. And this mm-hmm. is where you have to ask the question. This is where I I don't look at the current player base all because I don't think they know what they're talking about. I look at the place base that are left because they that's the casual player base that you really need to address and, and figure out why they left because uh the the play base now they 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 they're kind of crazy they want and by when i talk about the play base um if you're listening to this podcast you are not at all who i'm talking to these are people who are absolutely mm-hmm. not listening right now these are people that to find them you'd have to go on the battlenet forums or worse i don't even know what worse is uh but i have to imagine that there they could be something worse than that where all the casuals flock to um but these are people <laughs> that legit they i think they want dps deleted from the game i think they hate dps so much they want dps deleted from the game and they want to play a game that is literally not even a first person shooter game i think that's what who they are if i could like nail them down when the true wider audience of people and i know this because they've spoken through the fucking q times 
what no. what is always the thing that co- that has the highest queue times dps at every single level every single rank quick play you name it across the board mm-hmm. always dps people don't want to play tanks people want to play dps some people want to play support but everyone wants to play dps because everyone wants to frag you're playing the fps game you need to make an fps game where people can frag so that you know the people that want to play fps games will come back because those are the people that left you need to be making a game yeah in terms of casual appeal is basically like well who wants to play this game all the dps players cool make the entire game dps at this point yep. delete tank delete support make the whole game dps and when i say that i don't mean literally delete tank and delete support i mean make the tanks more frag heavy make the supports more frag heavy this is why i'm not a fan of like the whole mores and the mercies and i'm a big fan of changing tanks to be more frag heavy more brawly because you want all all positions every single character you can play to have that kind of power so that you it appeals to the fps players who left because they, they, and the ones that remain here, they, they still want to play DPS. Everyone wants to play DPS. So make the whole game DPS. And then your casual gameplay experience is fixed. That's true. I think I agree. agree. Oh. Yeah. Ended on that. We should uh, make the game all DPS, it says Avril. Make them all. I, I know you don't mean like that. <laughs> I agree. 100%. Yeah, I bro. do and I don't. And, you know, and it's like. Fuck it. Every other every other FPS game is literally that. Everyone's just DPS. You play Valorant, you're all just DPS. You play Fortnite, you're all just yeah, DPS. No you play uh, Apex, you're all just DPS. Like there's there's no this in FPS games, there is no role where you are just the bitch. Like that, that doesn't exist, and that's not a fun role. You don't just sit there like I'm the bitch. I'm just gonna die now. Like that just who 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 is yeah. that for? Well, those are, those are the fun? same. It's the Roblox like high school <laughs> RP players. That's them, dude. It's those guys. <laughs> And, I want to be uh, a rectangle, man. Yeah, I don't even know what crab game players... No, maybe not crab game players. Those guys are pretty intense. Crab game players are more intense than Overwatch players, bro. You see those guys? Holy shit. Jesus. <laughs> they go hard. You tried crab game yet? You don't, I, you don't I, I tried it for a hot second. I'm like, bro, yeah. this is fucking Fall Guys, but worse. Fuck this. It, there's some game awards in that game. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I believe it. And, and, oh, yeah, Overwatch players right now are a little bit weird. Yeah. So, They're I think delusional. they're a little weird. <laughs> I think yeah, need... that's that's part of the reason I kind of got drove away a little bit. <laughs> Why? Because the weirdness makes sense. Well, I mean, most of the pros don't like the community. This is straight up like most of them don't like them. They're just kind of different wavelengths. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That's that's the, sure. the, pro, the pros are the deep people that want to play DPS, also, and then you got the... also exactly, and you got the people who just want to play for some reason. I don't know. They just. They, like I said, you go to the Battle.net forums, they have the complete opposite opinion of me. They want to delete DPS. They're like, oh, these wooden G DPS again who get everything in the game. It's like, yeah, it's a first-person shooter game. Do you not know what you sign up to? Like, Jesus Christ. Um, it's a weird game. Yeah, like, that's the game it should be. And then you would have also have a game that ideally caters to a more competitive market anyway, because you don't ever get... When you look at games like Valorant, zero people that I've seen ever ever in that game negatively react to the esports in terms of like oh my god why are riot doing this mm-hmm. why are riot making a champion skin for the esport that's why are they pushing the esports whereas in overwatch you literally see that shit and again the battle net forums are the worst for this where they're like oh blizzard are forcing the esport down our throats again they're, they're doing things for the esport like, why would they do them like Bush, shut the fuck up yeah like, Val- valent was like made to be an esport almost too yeah, it was it was very much, you know, this is we're going back to the roots. We have this this clear vision. And that's something that I think Overwatch has almost never had. I've been very I mean, outspoken going back, looking at, you know, like you said, Dustin, 2016, we could pick whoever the fuck we wanted. How, however many times we could have 15 Zenyatta's in a game. I don't fucking know. Well, the game you could do whatever the fuck it you, out. It was 
Yeah, it, there was such a lack of vision that it has snowballed into this gigantic well, problem where there is a division. It had of a the vision, communities. Joe. It had a vision. They just, they just didn't land on it properly. They just didn't <laughs> nail it down. It took them a while I, to figure I, out that you you can't have six Winston's in the same game. You know, right? <laughs> and I I don't know that that is a sure. If you want to call that the vision, then yeah, I would say it. It's a pretty bad vision. Um, well, they just didn't realize yeah. the people the game would be broken in that kind of way, and they 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 wanted to have a sandbox experience. Well, like, well, the people can just play it how they want, but yeah. not, at the end of the day, you I don't think you can let people just play how they want. You no. you kind of have to dictate how they should play because otherwise, people play the game wrong, and when they play the game wrong, the game is shit, and then they'll blame yes. you even though they played the game wrong. But also, I mean, it's partially the dev fault for for like just allowing, allowing stupid it. people to do yeah. stupid stuff. It's like. No, you got to treat people like children sometimes, and you got to herd the children, and you got to be like, no, this is to a degree, yeah. this is how you should play the game, little Timmy, um, <laughs> because they don't, they don't, um, yeah. So, but League of Legends is the same. Like they they heavily market their esports within their game, and no one complains mm-hmm. about. It. No one ever complains. Oh, they're pushing their esports. Like yes, and that's a good thing. Yes, this is what real games do. It's for some yeah. reason the Overwatch player base is, from what I could tell, especially back then, had such a crazy aversion to the esports like i'd never fucking seen in my life and it maybe is bizarre with a, maybe with a more There's hardcore no... audience and an fps audience we would be we wouldn't have that we would be doing away with that i think I that's want. certainly possible right if we stuck uh i think sure well, back in the day had like a great like tweet where it's like they're, they're trying to do two things at once you kind of just have to pick a lane um and if they do maybe maybe we do get that that more acceptance of esports into the casual player base it's it's tough because there is a lot of whales. You know what I mean? Like a lot of uh, you, you you guys know the term whales, right? From yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like basically, just a, a for people that don't know, like it's just a person that just spends a shit ton of money on one game or whatever, right? They're just mm. like suckered in. They love the everything about it, and they're just gonna spend thousands of dollars on it. Yep. Overwatch, I guess, has that market. Like they have people that do that, and that's a majority of these players on the Battle.net forums. That I don't know, their walls are plastered with mercy, fucking posters with whoever their favorite cha- character is with pillows with uh, mm. toys with all that kind of shit and uh and that's that's who's complaining on the reddit because they don't like the actual game they just like the idea of the universe the game and the, which is the why yeah. Yeah. the pve is exactly the experience they're looking for yep that's it you've got okay. your game they want now. the lore they want the story they want the universe you all give the... them an arcane you give them a pve yeah. they have their side of the the, right. the monkey bars to hang on and all we have ours we're all have, happy all the people that have their mercy uh you know pillows body pillows for you the pve is perfect that's exactly the gameplay experience you're looking for mm-hmm. us mccree pillow uh guys we're gonna we're gonna pvp <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly us cassidy pillow guys yeah 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 Oh, oh shit! Want to be want to be rugged? No, oh. it's a hey, it's that. a bad habit. It's a bad habit. It's so ingrained. I mean, ruined. It's 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 hard to do. So. Cancel because I didn't call him cool, motherfucker. So, <laughs> all right, man. Um, any final thoughts? I mean, we had a lot of thoughts today. Any anything? Anyone? Anything you want to close on, Dustin? As we sign off? Uh, no, nothing comes to mind. We talked about quite a bit. A lot of lot of a lot of lot of lot of Overwatch too. We gotta wait still two years, so this is kind of a cuck situation. A little bit. A little bit. I'll play some more Halo and Apex and watch. And while we wait, I guess. Yeah, those are fun games. Anything Fuck else? Uh. They last. Enjoy our time. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. This was fun, though. It was, it was a good was. time. Yeah, it was. It was a good time. Good catching up. Yes, sir. Alrighty. Well, that's uh, a big tangent of an episode. It feels like we did like a little side story there. 
uh this is you know this is when you're doing your main star wars movies and we went on a bit of a rogue one side story here but um <laughs> thank you dustin for coming on the show uh pleasure having you. pleasure talking to you as always and next week yes, we'll yes. be back for 203 uh with maybe you know with your school be here and we'll we'll maybe talk about rosters a little bit more if there are more developments otherwise we'll we'll figure it out i guess because uh you know, we'll see we'll see what's available on the horizon to address. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you again, Dustin, and we'll see you next time next week. See you later.